back to Afro Sports Podcast. I'm joined by Jonathan and Jack for our very special annual bracket overview. Um, this is definitely one of the favorite things we do. Uh, last year, I think we were, what, top 95th percentile um, in our combined bracket. So Really? Interesting. We, we, we had our third year well. in a row doing this. I think we've done pretty well. Yeah. Did you guys did you guys get the champion la- right last year? Did we say I don't remember. I think we might have picked mm. I think we did. I think we did actually. Yeah, I, I think we I think we did as well, but okay. okay. I'm gonna pull up the, the bracket here. Um and the way this is gonna work is like we do it every year. Uh we go through round by round, matchup by matchup. Um giving our opinions on the games, making our picks as a group. If there's a disagreement, we're going to go with our, our majority rules there. And if you want to have a good chance of winning your bracket challenge, would highly recommend you just follow chalk by chalk with our picks. Um, <laughs> usually that would win you, I think, in the past two out of three years. So something to keep in mind. But without further ado, let's get right into it. Start off in the South region, the number one overall seed, Alabama. Um, taking on, uh, was it Southern Missouri? Southeast Missouri. They're called SEMO here in the state of Missouri. SEMO. Okay. Big Missouri guy. Um, first of all, who do do we have winning the, uh, the first four game for the 16 seed in this region? Um, I don't know much about either of these teams, if I'm being honest, but Corpus Christi is a four point favorite and I've seen SEMO play. They're not very good, so I'll take Corpus Christi. <laughs> nice. Okay. We don't have to spend too much time with this. Alabama's going to yeah. win this game. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of these higher seeds uh, once we get further into, like, round of 32, Sweet 16 matchups. But uh, let's get to the 8-9 matchup in this side. Maryland's the 8 seed going up against West Virginia. I think this could be definitely a really interesting game. Um, both these teams have gone through interesting stretches where I think recently West Virginia hasn't looked as good. And obviously Maryland has a solid record or a really good record at home and just has struggled on the road. Um, let's start off with Jack here. Uh, who do you think wins this matchup and kind of why? Yeah, I like Maryland. I mean, both these teams analytically are much better than their team. West Virginia is 17th right now in Kempom with the 15th best offense. Maryland's 22nd, uh, pretty balanced. Um, Maryland, you, you talked about really that they seem like they're a different team at home versus on the road. Uh, you know, I, I've seen this team play play really well and play, play not so well. Uh, UCLA beat them by 26 while they were at home. Uh, obviously, you know, UCLA is a two seed. We'll, we'll talk about them later. West Virginia also has had some some great games. Definitely a good squad, well coached. Uh, but I think Maryland's just been a little bit more tested in, in, in those tests have, have performed better. Yeah, um, I'm going to go – I'm going to agree here with Jack. I just – I think with Maryland, I, I know – kind of what I'm what I'm going to get I, they have de- a dependable guard in Jameer Young and I do think West Virginia's metrics are a little inflated they have a couple like 25 30 point wins against good competition that will typically favor you in, in Ken Palm they beat Pitt back in November by like eight like 81 56 something like that on the road 
So, yeah, I'm going to go Mar- Maryland here. Plus, I think Maryland's got a little, little bit of a coaching advantage as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I also really like Maryland. Um, honestly, I was a little bit surprised to see West Virginia as a nine seed. Uh, I thought they would be a little bit closer to 11 or, or the 10 line. Um, because I really thought their their end of the season wasn't very strong at all. But uh, we agree there, unanimous decision, Maryland moving on. Um, interesting 5-12 matchup. We have Charleston. As a 12 seed going up against San Diego State, Jonathan, I know you've been big on San Diego State this entire year. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us the rundown, and are you sticking with them to move on in this in this? Yeah, match? San Diego State gives me was my 11th ranked team in the preseason. I was really high on them. They didn't get quite to that point, but pretty close to a top 15, 17 team most most of the year in my in my opinion. I just think Charleston's going to have a lot of time getting off good shots san diego state's pretty long athletic they do they guard the three well and i think this is honestly giving me a lot of providence south dakota state vibes from last last year where charleston's the fun mid-major they're trendy but in reality they haven't seen a team with kind of the length and athleticism of san diego state all year yeah i've seen this picked as an upset as well and don't don't really understand it i mean charleston 31 and three, they've won maybe their last 12 games. But when you look at their losses, Hofstra, Drexel, and, you know, UNC, I guess, they have a couple good wins Kent State, Virginia Tech. Um, but San Diego State, I mean, the Mountain West is, is a good conference. There are, what, three, four teams uh, in the field this year. Uh, Boise, I mean, San Diego State's coming off Mountain West Championship, beat Utah State, which is uh, a squad I really like. Um, and, and I, yeah, I could everything Jonathan said. I think uh, San Diego State's just uh, a more talented squad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think San Diego State's a really solid ball club. Um, again, kind of when I'm looking at, at some of these smaller schools and their ability to kind of match up against the size and athleticism of um, a, a, a bigger school, like I'm going to look at what are they doing offensively and can they defend? Uh, I feel like a lot of times you have these smaller schools and they they can't get a stop when you need to get a stop. And um, right now, Charleston is 68th in defensive efficiency, which isn't terrible. But um, to me, that's not that doesn't stand up enough to overtake the the size and athleticism advantage that San Diego State will go into this matchup with. So San Diego State moving along, um, Virginia Furman. Uh, Furman as the 13 seed um, as the auto bid there. Virginia coming off of a uh, loss uh, in the ACC tournament um, to Duke. Interesting matchup here. Honestly, Virginia started off the season really well. Um, was expecting to see him. Maybe he's even a one or a two seed. Uh, started losing a little bit more games, but This should be interesting again, just because whenever Virginia plays in a tournament um, with their style of play, um, their defense, limiting possessions, you kind of decrease the margin of error. But I really think Virginia's coming into this tournament underrated, should I say? And and I think they are poised for a solid run in this tournament. Um, They have shooting. um, They're going to defend, of course. Uh, The question is, will they get the consistent kind of guard play? and that offensive production more specifically from Kia Clark to win a tough battle um, at the end of the game. I like Virginia here too. I mean, I've seen people pick Furman. I think Virginia style plays 
really hard to go against if it's not something you've seen. They, they play slow. They learn possession. They play really strong defense. Uh, Furman, you know, they've lost one game in the last two months. Like, they, they've had a great season. Uh, Virginia, if you look at some of these wins, they, they beat Baylor. They beat Illinois. They beat Michigan on the road. They played Houston close. Uh, more recently, they beat Duke. They made the finals of the ACC tournament. This is not a team I want to play in this tournament. Uh, just with with their experience, their guard play, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty uphill battle for thirteen seeded Paladins. Yeah, Furman's got some legit high major players, and one of them being Jalen Slauson, and he's kind of the guy that can break down the the pack line defense in this game. But I think unlike in 2021 when they got upset Virginia is way more athletic this year and I don't really trust Furman's depth all that much like I th- I think if if Virginia can make this game the way they want it to to be they'll win even if it's close yeah I I think Virginia is, is going to win this game um and I know like we've we've picked mostly chalk as of this point but I really do think that San Diego State and Virginia are two of the more underrated teams in this tournament. Um, and I think as we move on, we'll find some better matchups we like for uh, some upsets. So Creighton at the sixth seed in this region going up against NC state. Um, I'll let, I'll let Jonathan start off with this one. Yeah. I've been a fan of Creighton pretty much the entire year. Never really backed down on them. They had called Brenner was injured and they went on a huge losing streak to end non-conference play they've kind of faltered down the stretch, but I think they're still really well coached. They have one of the best starting fives in the country. And I think NC state is just really wild and inconsistent at times. Like you, you never really know what they're, what you're going to get out of them. They do have two good guards and Joyner and Turquay on Smith, but I think Creighton's the much more dependable team here. The big East is hard this year. I mean, these teams have really, beat each other up. Uh, they're, I, I've watched quite a few few of those games, and, you know, it's really hard to know what, what any of those teams are going to do on any given night. Um, I do I do trust Creighton's consistency better than, than NC State, uh, as Jonathan mentioned. I mean, I think the ACC this year is just a little, a little weaker. I mean, I think it's, it, it's pretty good at the top. Uh, like I think Miami and Duke, the, the teams we'll be talking about. Um, NC State kind of seems like they snuck in here. I, there, there are some other bubble teams like Rutgers who maybe wouldn't have been as happy as as some of these with some of these matchups. Um, but I, I like Creighton here too. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how these next couple rounds fare for some of these Big East teams. But uh, that's my pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think that NC State can make this um, a really tough game just with the length they have at the wing position um, to kind of muck it up a little bit. I, I, I agree with you that, that I do think that Creighton has a really talented roster. Um, I just think this is one of those games where, I mean, DeCravion Smith is, is a great player, and I think we haven't seen him kind of perform as a lot of people have expected him to perform going into the season Um, was a highly touted NFL draft prospect last year, decided to come back for school. Everyone thought he was going to take a big step and you could see it in certain games. 
Um, and certain games you don't. Uh, I do think that this is a game where he's going to show up. And they also have Casey Marcel, um, great defensive player. I, I like NC State in this one, um, but I, I do understand the Creighton pick from that perspective as well. Let's move on. We got Baylor against UC Santa Barbara. Um, UC Santa Barbara has been in the field, I think, for the last two years now. I think Cal State Fullerton won the Big West last, oh, last year because they played Duke in the first round, but UCSB won it the year before. Yeah. The two um, of the last three. Yeah, and I, I know they're always a trendy pick. Um, yeah. Solid team, solid shooting. Baylor, like, you'll never catch me um, basically – getting a Baylor upset in the first round just with, with what Scott drew has built there. Um, this is a really good team. They take a lot of, of um, two point jump shots or like off the dribble shots, uh, which is a little bit different than I think what we're used to seeing from Baylor, but they have playmakers. You're going to get defense, which I really value uh, come tournament time. I think Baylor runs away with this one. And I, I, would be very surprised to see this as the 14 over three upset. Yeah. Yeah. This, I'll... Is, this is one of – Go ahead, Jack. Yeah. Th- this is one of the best teams in one of the – in the best conference in the country. Baylor's trio of guards, uh, Flagler, Cryer, and Dante George, uh, probably, you know, the best in the entire country. I, I don't know. Scott Drew, they, they have – They've been to the tournament. They've been deep in the tournament. Uh, a disappointing result in the Big 12 tournament, getting bounced by Iowa State. They've actually dropped two straight to Iowa State. But, uh, I mean, they've, they've played a lot of great teams close on the road. They, they've got some big wins recently. TCU on the road. Uh, they played Texas on the road close. They beat Kansas. Uh, we, we've seen what this team can do. We've seen what this team can do in March. And UCSB, great for them getting there. I watched that championship game. Um, very exciting. People of Santa Barbara, but don't think it's going to be as much fun for them playing playing Scott Drew and the players. Jonathan, thoughts? Um, yeah, just real real quick. UCSB is a really good two point two point shooting team. Um, AJ AJ Mitchell, six five guard, tre- tremendous at getting downhill and getting to the rim. I'm not sure how Baylor's going to stop him, but I trust they're shooting enough to win this game, yeah. even. Yeah, it might be really high scoring, but I think Baylor will hit enough threes. Yeah, Baylor's guard play is just very consistent. Um, what are you going to get every game? And mm-hmm. the ability to kind of rotate those three guys and create those matchups is really hard to game plan against if you if you haven't scouted them in your league. Um, almost at the end of this region of the first round, we have Jonathan's Missouri Tigers going up against the Tennessee Utah State. And... I mean, I'll, I'll let Jonathan start off here. Um, very familiar with Missouri. Uh, yeah. So the weird thing about Mizzou is, like, you never see a team as bad as them defensively in the NCAA tournament. Like, they rely solely on forcing turnovers, which Utah State isn't dreadful at ter- turning the ball over, but they're okay. This is going to be a fast-paced, high-scoring game. I don't like having to go out to Sacramento to play a Mountain West team. Um, all that much like that's that's a long long trip so I, I think Utah State's shooting probably wins them the, the game I'll take I'll take the Aggies here wow that's tough from a, from a Missouri fan I mean I'll agree like 
both these teams are really offensively great. Kobe Brown, um, you know, I'm sure you've watched a ton this year, uh, can really score for multiple levels. But Utah State is 18th in Ken Palm. We talked about how good the Mountain West has been. That's a great point about uh, these games being in in Sacramento. Um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, Missouri, again, has had, had some good games. They've been good offensively in some games, um, but I like Utah State as well. Yeah, I hate to agree with all three with, with the two of you here, but Utah State—they're just a really solid team. Um, it's hard to find weaknesses besides the fact that maybe you could say they haven't been challenged um, mm-hmm. as much in conference play. But 14th in offensive efficiency, 11th in effective field goal percentage. Uh, they don't turn the ball over. They play. I mean, not great defense, but they're 56th in. It's defense. certainly better than what Mizzou yeah. brings. I mean, Mizzou's and, 180th, I think. It yeah. Is. The the only Ooh. thing I will say, say about Mizzou is they haven't lost a game this year where they've scored 70 points, and I find it hard to believe they won't score 70 in this game. Now, now, do you think that Mizzou's physicality can pose an issue for Utah State? Yeah, um, I, I, I do. Um, Like, Mizzou has two legit NBA draft prospects in Kobe Brown and Demoy Hodge, which is – I think I think could be an an issue for sure for them, like, and and the whole seventy points thing. Like I say that we had a streak kind of similar to that last year with San Diego State, where San Diego State, if they scored sixty points in a game, they were undefeated, and they scored easily sixty in the first round last year and lost. So that streak isn't untouchable, and a, a team that like Utah State that can shoot and keep up with Missouri's pace. Probably a tough matchup for them. Uh, the one thing I would push back on there, because because I actually do like Mizzou in this matchup, um, is if we're looking at at games where M- Missouri has played top like like teams that are going to go out and run and take a ton of threes um, and make a lot of threes. Like I'm looking at like in Alabama. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean the SEC is filled with these teams that I, I feel like are playing a similar style of offense to Utah State. And I think that does give uh, an advantage to Mizzou. I think it's going to actually be easier for Missouri to adjust to Utah State and what they're trying to do um, on an offensive side of the floor versus Utah State trying to adjust for just the athleticism, the the running out on the court that Mizzou is going to try to do. So from that standpoint, I think Missouri is going to be better adjusted for this matchup. Um, and then again, like Utah State's a great shooting team. I think that in a tournament where it's one game, like you can have an off night, I think I just trust Mizzou to score at their elite level, like a little bit more just because they faced a lot of different things in the SEC. And so I like Mizzou from that standpoint, but if you guys both say Utah State, we can move them on. Okay, Utah State moving on. Um, Two-seeded Arizona against 15-seeded Princeton. Anyone have have anything on Princeton first? No. Arizona is just one of those teams that like they have way too much size for any mid major they play. Yeah is is this the is this the Blake Peters revenge tour game? Like (laughs) (laughs) Blake Peters actually Princeton's not bad. Like they 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 had a pretty good Ivy League tournament, but uh, the physicality of Arizona. I mean, having having the duo of Tubelis and Valo like. The UCLA, we we saw it having having no Bona and having both our bigs foul out. It's just like, what can you do? Uh, and and 
I think the Princeton Tigers are going to have yeah. a, I would like to see a stat. I'd like to see a stat of records of Ivy League teams who won the Ivy League without being like a favorite and see how they do it in the first round. You know, it's, it's one thing like, I think, was Yale the favorite in this tournament? This Yale season? was. And last year, actually, Princeton was the favorite and Yale, but Yale won the tournament. Yeah, and I didn't Yale lose in the first round too. Yeah, they played Purdue. Yeah, and so like, I I think the the odds are again you could check this up after, but the odds that a team that isn't favored in the Ivy League makes it in wins in the first round upset, very slim. Arizona is really tough. Um, definitely a great team. Let's move on to uh, another region to get the first round out of the way. Uh, let's go to the Midwest. Houston is the one seat in this region, going up against Northern Kentucky. Now, Northern Kentucky is actually an interesting team. Um, I don't think that they're as bad as some of these other 16 seeds. No, they're not. But Houston, I mean, talking about physicality in the tournament and in a game where you need stops, I don't trust any team more than I trust Houston to actually get them. Mm-hmm. I, I think the big question is, is Marcus Sasser's health. Um, we're hoping he's, he's going to be back. He was, he was, he missed the, game against Memphis in the in their conference championship uh and they lost to Memphis uh but Houston it's another big freshman big uh Walker is really good um Sasser's been great defensively they've, they've been awesome we've seen the same style of basketball that we've we've come to know from from Kelvin Sampson um Northern Kentucky yeah I don't know Okay, I'm Houston along. I'm telling you guys, North Kentucky, first half, they might be with them. Uh, and we, we all know how that, that ends up in these types the of The Twitter games. overreactions to that would be would be something. It happens every year. Like every year there's one one <laughs> yeah, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Gonzaga tied at the half last year yeah. or something like No, that? It, it's like it's like 26 26, and they're like they can't score, nothing's going in, and then they end up dropping like 50 points. Yeah, they let up like ten. So backdoor cover of like the twenty-seven point spread. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to eight-seeded Iowa going up against nine-seeded Auburn. This is one of the games I'm most looking forward to, um, just because I feel like both these coaches there's a high chance that they can end up getting teed up. Uh, yeah. This game. So <laughs> very interesting. Fran McCaffrey, Bruce Pearl, some of them are fiery. Uh, I don't even know what to, to call them, just uh, <laughs> characteristics in, in this tournament. But listen, Iowa's a super interesting team. Um, they won a lot of games in the most random kind of – you could say lucky. Uh, again, I don't know if you guys agree with the, the luck as being like a real fact you could play in, but they win games down the stretch, uh, and they score a lot, they run a lot, they turn the ball over a lot, and they don't defend a lot. So – that usually ends up with them losing in these types of games. Um, Auburn's had a, a very underwhelming season, but this one I, I think is a toss-up completely. Um, I like Auburn just because I've seen Iowa play, and I really don't think that they're going to be up to defend. So I, I think I think Auburn's going to win, but I'm super excited for this matchup. So I'll, I'll split with you on this one. Um I think, like you said, Iowa wins games kind of down the stretch. And frankly, I think one of these teams can make shots and one of them can't. And the, the one that can is Iowa. Uh, Auburn is just a complete mess some, sometimes. They they take really bad shots. They 
are are, pro- are prone to just bad bad uh, bad IQ basketball, low IQ basketball, and I think Iowa will maybe not be comfortable, but they'll run their stuff. They'll they'll get they'll get they'll get their shots. They'll hit they'll hit some threes, and at the end of the day, I just don't know if Auburn can keep up with them. Yeah. Uh... Iowa is dismal defensively, but I am also going to choose them to win. They're third in offensive efficiency right now. Uh, They're averaging 80 points a game. I don't think they really need to defend against Auburn. I think they're going to score enough that it's just not going to matter. Auburn, again, it's like hard to say it's a disappointing year, but for Bruce Pearl, who's who's done really good things with this program, being finishing where they ended up in the SEC is, is, is not, not what they want to do. I think – I don't think I don't think either of these teams are poised for much of a run uh, because of all the flaws we pointed out. Um, but you know, you're forcing me to pick a winner. I guess I'll take the Hawkeyes. Now, my question again, I'm cool with moving eyeball along. My question is, is this a game where Chris Murray will play defense? Um, future, that, that is always a question. Future them. draft pick. Listen, if you can't get up to play defense in the NCAA tournament, and I I don't think he will. By the way, like I, this isn't like oh. It's not a open-ended question. This is rhetorical. He won't do it. Um, time in, time again, like he decides that defense is is the end of the court where it's like his break, and and he's a great offensive player, but like mm-hmm. they are awful defending, and and he's a large part of that. And I hate to single him out for that, but like come on, like it it's effort based. Um, sorry, that was just my Chris Chris Murray rant there, but. All right, well, I'm moving along. Well, I mean, you have to defend if you want to play Houston in the round of 32, so this we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami is a five seed against number 12, Drake. Uh, Jonathan, want to start us off? Because I know you you followed Drake a little bit. Yeah, I was at the Missouri Valley Tournament a couple weeks ago. saw them play three times. Um, they guard, and frankly, the, the best NBA draft prospect in, in this game plays for Drake. So I, I think no Chad O'Meara is – He's either not going to play or he's not going to be full, fully healthy. And Darnell Brody, Brody can kind of beast him inside if Amir's not fully healthy. Especially, and especially just because, like, you, you kind of look for mid-majors to get overwhelmed by a team's size and, like, athleticism. And Miami doesn't really bring that. So I, I think I'm going to go Drake here. Jack, what do you think? Miami can score. They're another one that's defensively not – doesn't really care, but they're 12th in offensive efficiency, led by Isaiah Wong, uh, averaging 16 a game, 45% from the field. He transferred from – does anybody remember? The K-State? Nigel Pack? Yeah, it was, yeah, he was at K-State. Um, that was the I whole Miami. I, I, I picked them to win the ACC tournament. Uh, that's not how how it played out. They had a, they had a tough loss to a, a Duke team that's playing really well. Um, I haven't watched any Drake basketball, but from my current understanding, uh, I like Miami. I mean, I'll be the tiebreaker here. I actually have watched both these teams play. Um, haven't been following as much as I'd like to, but I did catch the Missouri Valley tournament a little bit, and Drake really impressed me. Um, I think – DeVries is his name, DeVries? Yeah, Tucker, De- Tucker DeVries. Tucker DeVries. And isn't his dad the coach, too? His dad is the coach. And yeah. there is a – I'm not saying this is for sure, but there's a possibility that Darian DeVries is the best coach in this quad. Wow. 
I mean, over Fran McCaffrey. No, not not oh. the quad, not the not the region. The, oh, just out of, the, out the out quad of four teams. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I like Drake, uh, kind of with the reasons that Jonathan laid out. Uh, I, I do think that this is a mid-major that if you're looking for a 12 seed who can make a run, they have the pieces. I believe that they're an older team. Um, they have guard play, obviously. They're well-coached. They can defend. And I'm going to be honest, Miami hasn't impressed me too much this entire year. Um, and so I, I easily see this as one where, where Drake wins. And I wouldn't be surprised if come game time, Miami's only like a two point favorite or one and a half point favorite. So I, I, yeah, think, I think it's already like three, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I like Drake. Um, we're going to move him on. Indiana University uh, going up against Kent State. And I wish we had Yoss on this one because he would definitely um, have an earful for us. But what can I say? Indiana is, is in it, they're a four seed. That's to me, that's absurd. Uh, but they had a great season. Um, they have a solid team. Trace Jackson Davis has gotten better as the year goes on. Uh, Jalen Hochefino is incredible. Um, was honestly really, really impressed every time I've watched him play. My question with Indiana, though, is they're, they're a solid defensive team, but if you match up against a team that can limit Trace Jackson Davis – um, and kind of force Jalen Hochefino to do most of the offensive production, which he can do. The problem is I don't know if there's anyone else who you're really afraid of in a tournament setting. Like who's going to come out there and knock down shots when it's gut check time in the second half? And, 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 and Kent State, frankly, has a guy that can guard Jalen Hochefino in Malik Jacobs. Yes. So one of, the, one of the more underrated defenders in the country. He's just like – like last year when Iowa played Richmond and Nathan Kayo was kind of shutting down Keegan Murray for, for a lot of that game. Like that's what Malik Jacobs could do to Jalen Hutchfino in this game. And again, just, just because I haven't done my pick yet, but I just worry that I'm not saying Indiana doesn't have great players. I just think there are too many players that aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an interesting way of looking at it. like Trey Galloway, solid player. Like, do you want him shooting the ball in the tournament? If you're the, if you're Kent State, yes. Tamar Bates, young player, is he is he a solid player? Yes. But do you want him shooting the ball in the tournament? Yes. And you go down the list and you find three or four guys who, if you're Kent State, you want him to shoot the ball because that's that's I mean that's an empty possession. And I, I don't think IU's going to be good enough defensively. I think Kent State's another really solid sleeper team. Um, they've looked really solid all year. Again, defensively, they can match up with with some of the some of the size disadvantages. Um, so yeah, my picks that Kent State here. Um, call me an Indiana hater, but this is my favorite upset of the entire first round. Let's go! Um, a, sw- a sweep on the upset. <laughs> Kent State has they can defend. I mean, Dylan talked enough about Indiana shortcomings, but. Penn State, they've won six straight. they just coming off uh, a great, you know, 15-point win against Toledo, who's another good team. And how about this? The non-conference slate, two road games. They held Houston. They lost, but they held Houston to 49 points on the road. That's a one seed. They held Gonzaga. To, I mean, they, they played Gonzaga only seven points on the road as well. Uh, they've got – this is a good team. This is a legit mid-major uh, the spread on this game is only three or four. 
I think rightfully so. Uh, Indiana, it's just a question mark on their scoring, and I think Penn State has proven their their defense is good enough that uh, I like them moving on. You you can't show up to the tournament with an eight man rotation and three of the guys are like literally unplayable. <laughs> like you can't do. It. I I have been on record saying that Miller Cop is like the worst starter in the Big Ten. At some point, you're gonna need 15 minutes out of Miller Cop and Trey Galloway, <laughs> and like those 15 minutes, you're losing. Like you will lose those fifteen minutes. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we, we had to go all in on Indiana there. I know we have <laughs> listening. This, this dates back to like the summer at camp when we would talk about them. Yeah, I know. I'm so surprised they're a four seed. I I, I just can't believe they came, they got all this way. Um, but okay, we'll have Ken State. Hey, I mean, at least they get to play in the tournament. Like you know, the NIT. Yeah, yeah, I thought we weren't gonna we weren't gonna mention that on this one. <laughs> I mean, you got the flag in the background. We have to. We'll, we'll do we'll do the we'll do the NIT tournament challenge later. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Six seed Iowa State against the winner of Mississippi State Pitt. Um, let's first talk about the the first four matchup here. Pitt to me, um, and again, Jonathan, you're probably way more in tune with this because um, of the ACC. But Pitt's an interesting squad. Uh, I, I remember Michigan played them early in the year. They beat them by thirty. Um, I wasn't super impressed with Pitt, but they they waded the waters of the ACC in the regular season um, didn't look amazing in the ACC tournament. They lost to, I think Duke, right. By a solid amount. Yeah, it was, it was a blah from the get go. Yeah. I mean, I think Mississippi state is going to win this matchup. I've actually been more of a fan of Mississippi state than some of the other 10 seeds, honestly. Um, I think they're a little bit underrated. They had a few tough stretches across the season, but I trust them to, to go in and beat Pitt. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I I do, um, I do think Pitt's guard play maybe could get them. They kind of got uh, they got some solid guard play com- Cummings, the Colgate transfer take takes care of the ball pretty well. And then Burton, whether he deserved it or not, was first team All ACC. So it, it's definitely an interesting matchup. But I saw Mississippi State a couple times in Nashville this past weekend. It was they're, they're a good defensive team. I think they're pretty well coached. I think Jans does, does a nice job. And, you know, like, to, I don't know if Pitt will have an answer for Tolu Smith inside. Jack, yeah. I don't really care about this first four game because I think either team is going to get to lose to Iowa State. Uh, I'll talk about them quickly. I mean, I think I think they're underrated. They're you look at their you look at their record, nineteen and thirteen, definitely does not tell the whole story. I mean, the competition this team has been playing is miles better than a lot of these teams. I mean, just their last three games, they they beat Baylor twice. Uh, they 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 have a win against Kansas. They have a win against TCU. They have a win against Texas. They have a win against Kansas State. Wow, they have three wins against Baylor, two wins against TCU. I mean. This 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 is a like it's it's not a team with superstars, uh, but they're very good defensively, top ten defensive efficiency. They're very well coached, uh, and I, I think I like Mississippi State in the first game, um, but I don't think I don't think they they're good enough to to compete with Iowa State. So we we have one pick Iowa State there. I'm gonna agree with you. Um, yeah, Mississippi State, the one thing that they're they're really great as is obviously defense um 
But I think that Iowa State is going to match that intensity. And ultimately, when you look at it, is is Iowa State might be underseeded as a six seed. Uh, and they also, again, you mentioned, like, they can hit above their weight. And I think they're going to be locked in. They're very well coached. They play with a lot of energy. I think they're a team that might look better in a tournament setting than in a season-long setting. Yeah, I, I, obviously we just moved to Iowa State on. I, I will say I'm picking whoever wins the playing game uh, here. I think Miss State is probably the better the better team than than Pitt, but I do have a rule that if I think that one of the playing teams is gonna gonna win the six eleven game, I take the other one if the other one wins the playing game. And it's more just because usually I think when you take a playing team to win their first round game, it, it's more because of who they're playing versus who they are as a team yeah i know that 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 definitely makes sense but a little disagreement there we'll move on with iowa state uh number three savior against kennesaw state um this is the part where we ask if anyone has anything on kennesaw state um fun season their coach should be in national coach of the year conversations with the rebuild he's done there but they're, they're just xavier you won't be able to get stops against them yeah, I really like Xavier. Um, we'll talk about this maybe a little bit more in the next few rounds, but this is a team that has gone so under the radar, in my opinion. Um, and they come in as a three seed, and I still am not seeing them being talked about. Uh, very good offensively. Defense is more of a struggle, but it's not to the point where you can't trust them. Um, they aren't a Mizzou. Uh, they, aren't, they, they aren't like some of these other high seeds that are going to – going to score at an elite level. Um, they shoot really well from three, almost 40%, uh, three-point percentage. And we know how that translates to tournament time. Uh, and then again, they just have they have a lot of guys who can score. And I think that's one of the underrated aspects of going into these types of matchups is in a tournament setting, there are going to be – like you need to win all these games in a row. And there are going to be games where someone's on and someone's not. But the fact that there are three or four guys that Xavier's, Xavier can go to to create their own shot, to play make, um, and to put up volume scoring stats, like to me that's very impressive and makes them one of the most dangerous teams in the tournament, in my opinion. Um, obviously, I'm going to take Xavier, too, because Kennesaw State, uh, they're number two in, in the luck rating uh, in, in the Ken Palm rankings. Uh, meaning it, it seems like their their record and the fact that they even made the tournament at all is a little precarious. I, I, don't, I don't think this team is all that particularly really good. I'm pretty low on Xavier, too, uh, just because I, I feel like they do get it done against these these teams lower than their level, but I don't know if they really rise uh, when to the competition when they're playing. Like, I don't think their offense – obviously their offense is going to look as good when they're playing elite defensive teams, uh, but we've seen it, like, when they play Marquette and some of these other – quality Big East programs. We'll, we'll talk about it when they get to Iowa State, but I, mean, uh, I don't know if I have the, the glowing like, praises. What? They beat Creighton by 22, like, literally just a few days ago. On a neutral site. I know. Yeah, I, I, know. I get it that there's problems, but, like, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how you can question the offense production and then say Creighton's this world beater team, and they play in the same conference. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like, right, we'll get to that later. Either. I just <laughs> didn't really think NC state and whatever. We'll, we'll talk. <laughs> okay. Marquette is the only big East team that is legit in my opinion. Maybe, oh, that, but like, 
feel like that's a hot take. We'll get there when we get there. Texas A&M is a seven seed against Penn State as a ten seed, and you hate to see it if you're Texas A&M because um, Penn State, in my opinion, is is one of those teams that you try to convince yourself if you're a Texas A&M fan that you kind of cherry pick their shortcomings, and they do have shortcomings, and they do have really bad losses, but they also they they can beat anyone. Um, they really can, and I mean Penn State has a few guys who. Are it just seems like whenever they take the more wild shot, it actually has a higher chance of going in. Um, they got scores um, across the court. They have shooting. Micah Shrewsbury uh, is, is one of the best coaches in college basketball right now. Um, and we could talk about maybe later whether he's going to go leave Penn State after this season. But I like Penn State in this matchup a lot. Uh, and I, I think it sucks for Texas A&M that they have to match up with them. I can go next on this one. Um, I think people are getting a little fooled by, by Penn State, if I'm being perfectly honest. They're, this is like the tale of two two teams. They're, they can shoot and don't turn the ball over, but they're literally the worst rebounding team in the, the country. Um, Texas A&M actually is very good on the glass. They got two guys inside and Coleman and Marble that rebound the ball pretty well. A&M matches their veteran, their Penn State's veteran guards. And, like, frankly, I think Texas A&M's lo- bad loss to Bama because, like, they got blown out, I think maybe blinding some people. This has just straight up been, like, a top 10, top 5 team since the start of January. Like, I literally just think they're better than most of the teams they're going to play. Yeah, I'm surely with Jonathan here. I mean, Penn State, I agree, it's, like, not the the my favorite 10 draw uh, mm-hmm. could have gotten. But AM has has looked really good recently. They've won ten of the last twelve. Uh one of those losses being the 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 Bama championship game you just mentioned. But they also beat Bama like last week. Um the, like they rebounding will definitely be a big factor in this game. Uh you never know with Penn State. Uh they they've had some big wins, they've had some tough losses. Uh but but just given how these two teams are playing right now, I think I think the Aggies definitely make the safe. I mean, my, my thing for the rebounding rate is you don't need to worry about the rebounding if Jalen Pickett and Seth Lundy are going to be hitting every shot. <laughs> with the way ta- with the way Texas A&M gets after you, I, I have my doubts about that. This this is this is a Jalen Pickett legacy game. This is going to be this going to be Penn State heritage here. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll defer to you guys. Move on, Texas A&M. Rose team is in the tournament vicariously through Penn State. I, it is, and I'm going to support Penn State throughout this process. Um, I've chosen them as my Big Ten representative in this tournament. Uh, I'm very passionate about this team, but Ohio State played themselves out of the tournament too. I mean, you think? Well, I mean, Ohio State was never going to get in the tournament. No. I mean, are they in the CBI? I don't even think so. They're not. <laughs> okay, move on. Two seeded Texas going up against Colgate. Um. I've heard some some stuff about Colgate. Uh, I, I don't think this is a super weak 15 seed, but I mean. No, Col- Colgate is – Colgate's the same team every year in the tournament, it feels like, because, like, they dominate the Patriot League, and they have for a couple years now. But they're really reliant on threes. They shoot the three very well. So, so what happens is they start the game, they hit some threes, they're in, in it, 
And then the other team makes an adjustment and starts running him off the line. Colgate can't do anything. Yeah. No, I, I've got Texas, and I really am excited to watch this Texas team in the tournament. Um, because, I mean, they're – I mean, talk about just pure talent. I mean, they're they're as talented as, as any other team. Um, two or – I mean, maybe not some of the one seeds, but in terms of the two-line, three-line, four-line, I mean, they have the talent, and we'll see, like – is Marcus Carr gonna 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 show up, um, and then will will they be able to kind of continue their offensive um, juggernaut that they've been? Because the defense will always be there. Um, the question is like, will they be able to 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 shoot around with Colgate? And I guess if you if you sweat a little bit in the second half, um, I think they pull away. Though I don't think it's gonna be close. The last thing I'll add about Texas is that they're playing their best basketball at, at the right yeah. time. Uh, Two wins against Kansas and TCU uh, in the last in the last week. They they won the Big Twelve tournament, the the best conference, the hardest conference in, in the entire uh, country this year. So nice. We'll move them along. Let's go on to the east side of the bracket with the one seed Purdue. Let's move them along. They're going to beat what is this Texas Southern and fairly dickinson fairly dickinson <laughs> this is and i will say this this is the worst game in ncaa tournament history yeah <laughs> these teams are like two, 287 and like 312 in gen bomb or something like that yeah we'll we'll, we'll move on there um <laughs> eight seed memphis against nine seed fau uh, i know i was talking to jonathan about this recently but i really like this memphis team this year uh Again, have not been talked about. We always love to hate on Penny, but we never want to kind of appreciate what he can do with a team that isn't as talented as, as the guys he's had earlier. But I really think that this is a more complete roster. Um, they can defend. Uh, they can score. They have size. I think they're going to be up for it. I really like Memphis um, in this matchup. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Memphis here too. I do think that, this team, like both of these teams, are really underseeded, and we'll get to it. But I do think these teams probably project well to make a run. Who whoever win, wins this game, FAU will spread you out. They play four four guards with a big, and they're really deep, and a lot of their guards will shoot very well. But Memphis, with their kind of like speed you up, chaotic style, really athletic, and they do, and they do have a legit, maybe even top ten player in the country in Kendrick Davis. FAU is really good. I'm going to take Memphis too, um, just because of how they're currently playing. They I mentioned earlier they they just beat Houston. Uh, Davis is, is a big part of that. Penny Hardaway got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, but Fort Atlantic, I mean, this is just a tough draw for them. They're 31 and three, and it's not like they've just been, you know, coasting. This this is a this is a good team. I was watching their championship game. Uh, a couple days ago in the in the conference of USA, they they were the uh, they they played UAB, who was another pretty talented team, and it, it just did not look close at all. So uh, tough tough having to play Memphis, but expect this to be a pretty good game. Yeah. I I said earlier today that this Memphis FAU game kind of feels like a couple years ago when Loyola played Georgia Tech in the first round, yeah. where both those teams were just way better than their seed, and it's kind of a shame that they have to play each other. Yeah, I agree with that. Um... Five seeded Duke going up against twelve seeded Oral Roberts. Um, Jonathan, I'll let, I'll let you take this away. So, a lot of people um, have been on Oral Roberts the last 
two months. They have Ace Miss back from their their Sweet 16 team. 7-5 kid in Connor Vanover. A couple things with this. One, Oral Roberts League, the Summit League, is absolutely miserable. They, they haven't played a good team in literally two, two, three months. And they've played very few good teams this this year. Max Acemas against the four in their four losses, which also ironically were the four best teams they played, was seven of thirty-four from three in those four games. And I, I think that with Vanover, like or Roberts rim protection's actually pretty good, but he can only stop one of Lively or Filipowski, and I'm assuming he'll be on Lively. Either what what's gonna happen is like either Vanover is gonna guard Filipowski and try to take him away or he's going to guard lively and take away like Duke's kind of ball, Duke's ball screens. And, but if you don't guard Filipowski with Vanover, like he can shoot over anyone else or Roberts has, and he can post up against anyone else or Roberts has. Yeah. I really like Duke and we're going to talk a lot more about them, I think tonight, but yeah, it's tough. Um, Ace Smith's, Obviously, you've seen what he can do. Vanover is is difficult. He can also shoot. Like this isn't just like yeah. a seven foot guy. He can shoot. Um, I just think this is like the worst matchup for all Roberts because you're going after a team that is very is starting to look very very good on defense, um, especially with their guards, and then you're running into a team that's going to have more size than any other team in the tournament, basically. So, I like Duke. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Oral Roberts is going to live and die by the three, and I, I, I have a hard time believing they're going to shoot very well against against Duke, who defensively has looked like one of the best, best teams in the country the last couple of weeks. Um, so, again, another tough draw. Duke, I, I don't – I think they should be – I don't think they should be a five seed. I think they're a little under-seeded. Uh, despite, you know, they've had some struggles, but winning the ACC tournament recently and um, – Oral Roberts, I just I don't think they're ready for the the John Shire show. Let's go on to uh four seeded Tennessee against 13 seed Louisiana. Um Tennessee, we we know their struggles in the tournament. Um Louisiana's not a tough out at all. Uh and the thing that I look at with Tennessee is, and again, Jonathan, I think you can speak to more light on this because of the SEC, but mm. I mean they're going to be great defensively. Like we know that. Um they're going to try to run. They're going to have athletic guards. Um, and they, they have had a really solid season. Like, do you think this is a game where it's 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 a Tennessee first-round experience where they lose this game, or is this one of those where Tennessee looks really good in the first round against a bad or, or a lower-caliber team and then gets crushed in the round of 32? So I do think that – like, this is a t- – Tennessee is a team that, like, I started working for um, – for Sports Illustrated a couple months ago, like uh, we're like covering Tennessee, and so this is a team I've watched every game of since like the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, pretty pretty much. And even without Ziegler, this isn't really a game I think they they lose. They'll play in the half court without without him. And Jordan Brown is is good for Louis Louisiana, but Tennessee can throw a lot of different things at him. They can try Adu on him as, as a bigger guy. They can throw Kamwa at him. They can even try Julian Phil, Phillips on him. But Louisiana is certainly the 13th seed that I would want to play the most. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Tennessee is all that inspiring of a team either without Ziegler tearing his ACL two weeks ago, which, you know, really sucks for them. But 
Tennessee's a team who is not playing their best basketball at the right time. Um, I do think they beat Louisiana just because they're, they're, they're not, they haven't had a very inspiring season either. Good for them making the tournament. Good for them as a 13 seed. Uh, I think Tennessee's going to have a very hard time with Duke, but I, I think they get it done versus the, the raging Cajuns. Now I'll move them along. Six seed in Kentucky, 11 seed in Providence. This is the, uh, the Bryce Hopkins revenge tour game. Um, you could go nuclear, but <laughs> Inter- like interesting game here, in my opinion, because Kentucky, like I don't want to rag on them too much, like for the season they've had, but like, obviously just underwhelming, um, got she way back and seemingly got worse. <laughs> or, I mean, I guess they were better this year, but, um, did not take the step that many expect them to take. I still think Kentucky is a team that like could be dangerous in the tournament time just because of the rebounding. Um, it's just hard to match up. And again, if you get a lot of those extra looks in, in a one game elimination situation, I think that's a tough matchup for Providence. So I like Kentucky. Um, we'll see. I, I just, I don't, I honestly don't really like either of these teams that much. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go Kentucky here. I, I think even with the Hopkins storyline, you're, you're, your matchup to watch here is probably if if John Calipari will be out coached by Ed Cooley because I do I do believe that Cooley's the better coach in this matchup, but I, I also think that Cooley could out coach him and Kentucky might just be way better and it might not matter. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're gonna have an answer for Shibway and the, and the rebounding. Um, Providence has lost four of the last five. Kentucky. As we say, had an underwhelming season, uh, given that they're Kentucky. Uh, but I think most teams are are pretty ecstatic to have the season that Kentucky's had in the SEC, even despite, uh, you know how how with John Calipari's expectations, maybe maybe not not the best. But I, I think they still beat Providence, uh, and 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 who knows? Juwan three seeded Kansas State. 14 seed Montana State. Um, anyone, anyone follow Montana State closely? So I, I was actually yesterday. I was told to watch them um, by a friend, and the the thing about them is is their guards are super big. Like you, like this is not a team that is small for for a mid major. Like Raekwon Battle is six five. The, the Darius Brown six six two, so they could potentially bother Noel a little. It's not enough for me to pick Montana State, but I do think that could be a problem. The Big Sky is tough, um, and I, I think we've seen it. Like there have been some really solid teams that come out of the Big Sky uh, and play in this tournament, and they're always a fourteen seed. Yeah. Every year. And they're always overlooked. And I think they're always way better than we expect. And every year we're like, oh, the next team out of the big sky, like I got to keep an eye on them. Um, And I mean, Kansas State, like I know Jackson to talk about it because, I mean, seems like he's a really big fan of the Big 12 this season, but great guard play. Um, I mean, they've they've been just really consistent um, throughout the season. But I would keep an eye on this one because, because I do think Montana State, can pro- pose some problems as a 14 seed. I would say this is your most likely 14 over three upset. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. I like. I mean, I like Kansas State as well. I think right now I'll take the spreads at eight and a half. That sounds like too many points to me. I think Montana State keeps it closer for for all the reasons the two of you have been mentioning. I mean, I, I do like the Big Twelve this year. I don't know if I'm as big on Kansas State as some of these other teams. They've their consistency. Dylan, you mentioned it. I don't know. I mean, they've, they've recently they've had losses to. I mean, 20, 20 point blowout TCU. Lost to West Virginia on the road. They lost to Oklahoma on the road. They lost to Texas Tech on the road. These non-tournament teams. Um, but again, they beat Iowa State. They beat Baylor. Uh, so it's kind of hard to know what you're going to get. Keontae Johnson uh, has been really good, shooting 52% from the field. Uh, we definitely expect a big game from him. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I like Kansas State, but Montana State, you know, not a bad squad. Uh, let's move on. Michigan State. Uh, 7C going up against USC. Jack, give it, give us the uh, the USC rundown here. What are, what are we looking at? Yeah, I like I like USC in this game. Um, they've they're 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 not they're a team that won't quit. Um, they they beat UCLA. We lost we lost the road game there. That was that was pretty tough. It was it wasn't our best game, but uh, they're a team that's gonna that's gonna stay in these games. Uh, they're they're not gonna quit. Uh, they they're led by Boogie Ellis, Drew Peterson. They've, they've got a lot of a lot of guys who can score and a lot of guys who can defend. Um, and in March, that's that's a pretty good recipe for success. Ten, uh, I think maybe their their seeds hurt a little bit just because of how bad the bottom half of the Pac-12 is. Uh, but if you see how they've competed against uh, against some of these good teams, they've stayed close to UCLA to Arizona. They beat Auburn non-conference game. Uh, this this is a this is a good Trojan team, uh, you know. Despite my reluctance to say it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of speak from the Michigan State perspective here, and and no, I'm not going to rag on them too much. Um, actually, at all, because because I I do think that they might be slightly underrated. But Tyson Walker um, and AJ Hogard are are two really solid guards. Um, and again, you look at the tournament and you say, what could we get out of our guard play here? And I think Michigan state from that aspect is going to be fine. Now I do worry. I mean, Michigan state's had problems all year kind of defending the paint. Um, that's little, that's been the biggest problem for this team. And again, I haven't watched too much USC, um, but I don't believe that they have um, like a really dominant big man who can, who can pose some problems in the paint. So from that perspective, I think I like Michigan State, but I'm very excited for this matchup. Um, I think this one's gonna be pretty even. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one, Dylan. Guard, guard play and shooting for for me favors Michigan State. This kind of feels like a little of what USC had to go up against in the first round last year when they played Miami. Not no really true like good post defender in that game, but Miami's guards were just too good and overwhelmed USC. And I, I will say that. Andy Enfield for me is a Evan Mobley merchant until he proves otherwise. No, stop. He's not... <laughs> he he will be in my top fifty coaches in the offseason, but he he is an Andy he is a Evan Mobley merchant until he proves that he's not. He's had good USC teams. Like no, I think they I think they've been real solid. I liked them last year. I like them this year. I just think this is a tough matchup for them. Okay, well we'll move Michigan State along. Uh, Two seeded Marquette against fifteen seeded Vermont. Marquette, we've talked about a little bit before, but 
Vermont. I mean, they are they are not like again, if you're thinking about what could ha possibly happen, like I don't think the spread is gonna be 15 points. Like maybe looking at 10 and a half here. Yeah, Vermont's a team that's pretty routinely in the tournament. They're they're well coached. They've had some good players go through the program too. I think back to Anthony Lamb, who I think has a has started a pretty solid professional career. I, I forget where he is, yeah, but he might be in China. But um, but yeah, like it, it's very possible. But I think this Vermont team, I would be surprised if this was the Vermont team that won a tournament game. They they have this ambidextrous player who like shoots jump shots lefty. But like anything, like any like turnaround or like layup or like hook shots with his right hand, um, I saw that on Twitter. I thought it was really interesting. But yeah, Vermont, they're probably gonna lose this by like solid margin. So Marquette's very good. We'll talk a little bit more about them later. And I just looked it up for anyone who wants to know. But Jeremy Lamb signed a two-way contract to the Rockets recently, so he is indeed still playing in the United States. <laughs> Excellent. Is is there a better is there a better coach of the year candidate right now than Shaka Smart? Maybe Jerome Tang. Um, I can say. I mean, but Shaka Shaka's been different. I'm blanking on his name right now, but the guy kind of saw kind of saw too. Um, they like they were literally the worst Division One program just two or three years ago. So, but Jack Jack, you're a big Shaka guy. I mean, what he's done this year has been not short of incredible. I mean, twenty-eight and six and winning the Big East tournament uh, again. There, there are what five or six Big East teams in the field, including three-seeded Xavier, four-seeded UConn, uh, six-seeded Creighton. Like these are tough teams they're playing day in and day out. Uh, and Marquette was not projected to be this good. A lot of it has been guard Tyler Kolek. Uh, this team, this team is is good offensively, they're disciplined defensively, uh, and they're one of uh, the best teams in this region. Clearly. Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty tough. We'll move them along. Uh, last region, the West, we got Kansas as the one seed against Howard. Kansas will win that. Um, Eight-seeded Arkansas going up against nine-seeded Illinois. Intriguing matchup for me, um, and, and I'll get I'll get Jonathan's opinion from, from Arkansas here, but watching a lot of Illinois games um, – Really worried about this team uh, in, in the tournament because I don't think that they have consistent scoring at all. Um, they win a lot of games just with grit and hustle. And while it's a great trait to have, like you aren't going to beat Arkansas with grit and hustle. Like you need to, you need to shoot the ball well. Yeah. Ar shoot the ball. Arkansas is pretty talented too. They haven't like, They've put it together in spurts, not and for games, but not as a whole this year. Um, which is probably why they're not like they're an eight seed and they haven't quite lived up to their expectations that that and injuries. Um, but like to put it bluntly, Illinois is a complete train wreck. Like they're I, not good. Like I feel like their season's over already. Like I I hate saying that because like they're what a two point underdog against this Arkansas team, but. Their, their season has been a complete roller coaster. And frankly, like when they beat UCLA after that in, insane T Shannon performance in Vegas, I that was as good as it gets. They, they can't shoot like at all. No. And, and I don't, Arkansas can't really either, but 
Arkansas defends better. They play more aggressive. They have be- they have legit pros. So, like Illinois is legitimately like hard to watch. Like I I I, I really don't want to go in too hard with them here, but like like they are very like especially in the last few months, they have been like like laboring to to turn on an Illinois game and try to watch them play. <laughs> so this this game could be like the maybe the worst first round match that we've seen besides all the the blowouts like both these this could be like a mucked up game the D- defensive battle like say all you want about the grit but like they're i mean what 40 to like 55 in this game maybe <laughs> this is this is really not a fun one to have to pick because on one hand you know arkansas had i believe maybe the number two or three best recruiting class this year uh led by freshmen Nick Smith, Anthony Black, uh, they've they've been good at times. Illinois, as you've said, have had their share of struggles with the three-point line. But we a couple of these transfers, Terrence Shannon Jr., Mayer from Baylor, these guys have played in the tournament before. They've played on great teams in the tournament before. They're playing against a bunch of freshmen. They're coached by Brad Underwood. You know, I don't think it's crazy to say they can have a good night shooting just once. You know, that's all they need. I think and do I think they're going to beat Kansas? Absolutely not. Uh, I think Jalen Wilson would be an absolute nightmare for, to be honest, either of these teams. Um, but, I mean, we're already moving Arkansas on. I probably like Illinois, but maybe I'm crazy. I haven't watched this play in the last couple weeks, so. Let's move on to the next matchup here. Five-seeded St. Mary's against 12-seeded VCU. VCU has uh, has two Michigan transfers, Zeb Jackson and the infamous Brandon Johns, um, a fan favorite here in Ann Arbor. But There are Michigan people that I talk to on Twitter that still think Brandon Johns would be – that think Brandon Johns would be starting at Michigan right now if Beeline was still the coach. I think Brandon Johns is at the level – he needs to be at to succeed. I'll leave it at that because again, we, we do like Brandon, um, but he he fits what VC is trying to do from a uh, caliber. You know, I mean, I guess they're in the field and we're not. So, we yeah. And this is just this this is a game like St. Mary's is a team I like, but VC is a team that they press, they try to speed you up, and St. Mary's having a freshman point guard against that kind of scares me. Um. This is going to be a complete defensive slugfest. For like first one to fifty, might win this one, but I'll I'll go with VCU here in the upset. Yeah, I mean these teams are both both great defensive teams. Um, I'm gonna go with St. Mary's just because I think they're they're a little bit more battle tested. They played Gonzaga like four times, maybe. Uh, they played Houston pretty close. Uh. They have some some quality wins. I think I think their guard play is it's young, but it's been pretty good. They've got they've got some guys who can score at multiple levels. Um, I, I like St. Mary's here. I guess I'll break the tie. Um, I I think VCU. Um, they just do a lot of confusing things. I, I think they're going to be fairly solid. I mean, they have guys who can score, but at the same time, they will press. Um, maybe fluster St. Mary's a little bit and. Again, this is played on the, I believe, where is this regional at? 
Is this in the West? Oh, uh, this one's this one's in Albany. So St. Mary's is going cross country here. Yeah, and and again, we we've seen how that can affect some teams here. So, I believe, I believe this is the last game of the day in Albany. Or ex- sorry, actually, I'm I'm way wrong here. This is I think the first game of the day actually. Yeah. So first game of the day on the East Coast. I'm I'm gonna double check that real quick because this is this is Friday. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, move- it's 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 a. It's a two Eastern tip. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to move VCU along. I think this is going to be an even game. Um, should be an exciting one to watch. Four what C- state is VCU in? Virginia. The, the, the right. Virginia Commonwealth University. Never mind. That was bad. Right. <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> um, we, we got a UConn. You've been to a Final Four, man. Yeah. Yeah, UConn has a four seed going up against thirteen seed Iona. Uh, Iona is the, the 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 kind of love child for everyone here. Um, pick, been picked in a lot of brackets to win this matchup. I disagree. Uh, I think UConn's very tough. I think Jordan Hawkins is a great player. They have size. Coming into the season, I was very high on UConn. Um, and again, like I feel like in this matchup, this is one where a lot of people. We'll pick the upset, and I think we look back at saying, "Why was this a thought?" Because it's one thing to have a solid Iona team, but I really think UConn is, is going to run away with this. Yeah, I, I think that the way this has been described to me is like both both teams are very physical with each other. They're both going to probably press a lot, a lot of pressing in this in this quad, a lot of trying to speed other teams up. But like, I don't think Iona has quite enough enough depth to win this one and you you kind of just flat out might have a couple nba players on this team i I really like the year hawkins has had andre jackson we know he can defend at an extremely high level so yeah i'll go with with uconn here yeah that's a good team sonogo is 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 one of the best big men in the country uh this team's been together for a while they're very well coached i mean i get the the intrigue of any Rick Patino team in March. Uh, who knows if he'll still be coaching at Iona come this time next year. Uh, Dylan shaking his head no. I don't know. I think it's it's not impossible he stays there. I, I know. I think St. John's might be the the current the current rumored destination. Um, we'll see if that gets done. But I like UConn. We'll move them along. We got six seeded TCU. We've mentioned briefly before against the winner of Nevada and Arizona State. Jack. You've seen Arizona State play a few times. Quick, any anything that, that scares you there? I think they beat Nevada. I mean, they're pretty good. Like they they they're another team that that stays in games. Uh they've 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 had some ups and downs throughout the year. Um they're they're pretty good defensively. They've they've had some offensive struggles. Uh that's that's why, you know, they they find themselves playing in the playing game, but uh Hey, back the pack for the for the last uh, you know year or two. UCLA is playing here. Um, I think they I think they win the uh, the playing game, but you know I think TCU. Uh, I think Miles and and I'll, I'll let you guys talk about it a little too. But uh, I think they're just a, a much better, more disciplined team. Jonathan, who do you like here? Yeah, so. I think first of all, like the main thing in this this one is whoever wins the playing game, it's Jamie Dixon's going to be a major coaching mismatch for 
either of these teams. Of course, of course, like both of them are going to have to travel. This is a a, a one day scout for either of the teams that w- wins this game. And when when there's coaches like Bobby Hurley and Steve Alford, it's not something I'm probably going to trust. My only like real concern with this would be is if Nevada won the play-in game, they get to play in Denver, and Nevada probably has played a fair amount of games in alt- in some sort of alt- this year being in the Mountain West. That That's the only concern I would have, and it would be a concern if any Mountain West team was in this game. Hey, this is why you listen to the After Whistle show, because we're, we're talking about the altitude. That mm-hmm. could possibly affect. That's good play. analysis. This, I mean, this is some. This is something I've kind of pointed out all year. I just like wouldn't want to play a Mountain West team in Denver. That's valid. That, that's completely valid. I think it's. I think it's really easy to to look over where these games are compared to where these schools are. If you're traveling all the way across the country, especially when you already have like 24 hours to play, uh, to to scout these teams, that's hard. That's real hard. It's a lot easier. Like UCLA getting to play in Sacramento. Is huge. I mean, the fact that Northwestern, whatever, is going to have to come all the way out again, like I mean, we're about to talk about that. Great season for them. Super exciting there in the tournament. Uh, Boise State's a lot more used to playing out west. Yep. I mean, I moved TCU along too, to, to not get too off track there, but three seed at Gonzaga, 14 seed at Grand Canyon. Um, wow, looking at this this uh, region just one more time, like this is this is a tough region, man. Like, there's some really good teams. In this yeah, th- they really loaded up this one, I think. Yeah. And, and it's not just the teams. It's like like the coaches, too. I, I think the top eight seeds here, all all you could argue all of them have top 30 coaches in college basketball right now. Yeah. And, and then you got, you got teams like VCU. Um, you have Boise State. I mean, you have Illinois. Like, you have some solid programs there as well. So. And Patino, with the, if we're talking coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but focusing in on Justin Zagan, and again, we'll I'm assuming we're gonna move him on, but any threat of Grand Canyon upsetting them here at all? I got a quick Grand Canyon fun fact. I think their best player is the son of former player and ESPN analyst Lafonso Ellis. I saw an interesting interview uh from him holding their holding their uh championship trophy. Grand Canyon's been pretty good in the past. Uh, you know, rebounding big men is, is often uh, one of their strengths, but uh, I don't, I don't see them, I don't see them really competing with Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean, Gonzaga usually rolls through these mid majors on a pretty yearly basis. Yeah, I mean, they're very used to playing these types of teams, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that was meant to be like a. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> I, that was definitely meant as a slight, but <laughs> you're not, you're not wrong. They're either. very comfortable playing. Horrible competition. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on. Mark few merchant. All right. <laughs> Northwestern. Um, you can say that you can say they're used to driving through these types of opponents, but um we have seven seated <laughs> that's it. All right, all right. Going up against 10 seated Boise State. And I actually watched a few Boise State games down the stretch because they were one of the bubble teams I was actively rooting against um for Michigan to have any chance. Um and I was honestly pleasantly surprised with how they play. Um, I mean, they're a lot more athletic than you think from a from Mountain West team. Um, they they defend. Uh, we've seen a lot of Northwestern and Jack. I'll allow you to kind of expand a lot on that. But um, Chris Collins' experiment, like I, I guess he he saved his job. Um, great job there. Like 
played well in the Big Ten. I, I think Boise State wins this one, though. I, I hate to say it, but. Yeah. Uh, go for it, Jack. All right. They were number two in the Big Ten regular season. They've had a great year. Chris Collins saved his job and and, and put on just an awesome performance. Boo Booey. Uh, you know, Luke Luke loves this guy. He they, they got some guards that can really score. Uh I have also watched quite a few games on and I don't know, if, Smith, you caught any on that blue floor they got. That's uh, out in Boise. <laughs> Uh, pretty hard to watch, but you know if you can move past that, they're they're a good team. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them too. Uh, I think Northwestern, great story. I don't think that their guards will be able to score on Boise State's defense, which I think is is a lot better. Yeah, as much as I like Northwestern, um, I, I think they might have some trouble ma- making shots, and I really don't know who for them is guarding. Tyson Dagenhart. He got six seven kid that constructs the floor. Like Robbie Barron's probably the matchup there, but I'm not sure that's the guy you want guard, guarding him. So again, Boise State out west, pretty close proximity there in NorCal. I'll go with with Boise here. I thought Boise was actually a pretty solid team last year, and I made the mistake of picking them over over Memphis. But th- this year, I, I kind of like the draw. They got a little better. Yep. Let's move on to UCLA as a two seed against UNC Asheville. Jack, I'll, I'll let I'll give you some opportunities, probably in the round of thirty-two. But I think we all agree UCLA is going to roll through this one. UNC Asheville. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> are they? Are they? Are they top two hundred and twenty in Kempom? Um. Hold on, I'm checking. I think they are, but like. One of the like big um like kind of TikTok creators. You, you, I don't know if you guys know who Ryan Hammer is. Um, yeah. but he's kind of been the leader of the UNC Asheville movement. Whether a Dembona, and I don't know what his status is. Um, at, at all, I'm guessing Jack's probably some more things than I have on that. But whether he plays or not, like UCLA will roll these these guys. Yeah, on the West Coast, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we have our first-round matchups picked. We have our round of 32. I think how we're going to do this now, to go a little bit quicker, is we're going to go region by region, pick the whole region through, get a champion of the region, and then get our final four. So let's, let's actually let, – let's stay in the West. Um, All right. We have Kansas as the as the one seed going up against the eight seed, Arkansas. Um, we mentioned Arkansas's youth and how that could be a problem here. Kansas, I, I don't think this is nearly as good of a team as we saw last year out of Kansas. Um, they're just a little bit less of that feeling that, oh, no, they can go on a 12-2 to two run at any moment in the game. I don't really think that's how Kansas wants to play. Is, is, and they probably want to play that way, but I don't think that's how they've played so far this season. Um they're steady defensively. Jalen Wilson will make shots when you need him to make shots. Um, they're going to rebound. Grady Dick, um, the, the freshman guard, is he started off the season really hot, and then we saw a little bit in, in the Big 12 tournament. He, he wasn't as – again, I don't want to say dominant because he, he wasn't ever at that point, but he was just a little bit more inconsistent. And I mean, that happens with a young shooter. I, I think Kansas is going to win this game, but 
not an easy matchup from just a standpoint of Arkansas like will be able to defend your stuff. Yeah, I'm actually I'm picking Arkansas here. Wow. Um I, I think Arkansas just matches up with them pretty well. Like with, with the way that Devo Davis has developed offensively, I'm not really sure who Wilson's guarding uh, out there, considering Arkansas' three guards outside of Devo are all excellent offensively as well. And, like, Kansas's success this year has kind of depended on how Dewan Harris has, has been. When he's scoring, when he's making plays, Kansas is arguably the best team in the country. But Arkansas is going to throw a 6-7 Anthony Black at him, who very well might be a lottery pick, really athletic long guard at him. I think that could end up being a problem. Wow, Jack, tiebreaker here. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking Kansas. They're, they've uh, Maybe they, they don't have the, the it factor, the explosiveness of last year that may have came with Agbaji and Christian Braun and whoever, but, I mean, Grady Dick, it seems like he's played really well uh, in the times he needed to. Jalen Wilson, uh, first team All-American, uh, has been really good. Obviously a tough tough blowout loss to Texas. I think some of that was Bill Self being out for the whole Big 12 championship. I think he'll be back for, for the NCAA tournament. Uh, hope, hope his health is, is better. Uh, I, I think this Kansas team is really good. They're really, really well coached. I think Arkansas – uh, is good. They're young. I'm still not totally convinced they make it out of their first round matchup. Uh, so I like Kansas here. I have Kansas moving on, but John, what Jonathan, what you were saying is has kind of made me think a little bit. Like, could this be a game where Eric Musselman can like out coach Bill Self? Yeah, I, I like. I'm not sure. I'm not sure out coach is the right word, but maybe like match him, like like not yeah. get out coached himself. And like Arkansas's talent takes over because like you also you're also thinking like Arkansas Jordan Walsh can probably defend Wilson pretty well like yeah. he's a really tough guy to defend he gets downhill really fa- fast and he can shoot it too but w- Walsh is c- kind of got a he's has, he's got a super big frame um he moves really well he'll run it he can run with him so I, I think that could be an interesting matchup as well in that one. Yeah, I just worry a little bit because, like, Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson are great players, but, mm. like, Arkansas has really good wing defenders. And, like, that is yeah. the strength of this team. And so I'm very excited for this one. I, we have Kansas moving on, but, like, keep an eye out. Like, if you do want to see an eight-over-one upset, like, I think this could be a solid chance. Let's move on to 12-seeded VCU um, going up against four-seeded UConn. Um, I think we're all pretty high on UConn here. We're going to move them on. I don't know if anyone has anything they want to add with this matchup in mind, but yeah, I'm not taking VCU here. Like, especially cause like UConn sees a team that presses in the first round and then they kind of get, they, they'll kind of see sim- a similar thing in the second round. So they should be able to handle both. I think. Jack. No, not much, Dad. Nice. Okay, UConn moving on. Uh, six seeded TCU, three seeded Gonzaga. I've got I got Gonzaga. I think they played really well down the stretch. I'm very excited. I think if I think if TCU had Lampkin 
yeah. this would be a team that I think this would be a team that fit the mold of like a team Gonzaga usually struggles against yeah. in the tournament. But without him, I, I don't see how they're going to be able to defend Timmy. Yeah, I mean that's going to be tough, and I mean Gonzaga is going to run the floor, and like I don't know if TCU is like the best team to kind of defend that. Uh, ten yeah, seed boys. Gonzaga three seed Gonzaga is not a team you want to play. You you don't want. I mean, I mean one seed Gonzaga, like you can play maybe if you're a strong eight seed, but three seed Gonzaga, you don't want to see him as a six seed. But. <laughs> uh, Boise State going up against UCLA. Jack, take it away here. UCLA is really good. Um, Bona, his health is a little bit of a question mark right now. It's possible he gets held out for the UNC Asheville game. I think he'll definitely be back for the second-round matchup. We have the advantage of playing in California. Uh, I mean, this Jalen Clark Achilles injury, really brutal. I think with with Jalen Clark, in my opinion, we are the national championship favorite. Again, kind of biased. Without Jalen Clark, I think he's a guy like we could really use against a team like Kansas to guard somebody on the wing like Grady Dick. Um but even without him, we have the tournament experience. Tiger, Hawkes, they've been to two tournaments in a row. Uh, they both really hit clutch shots. We kind of live and die by the mid-range, uh, except, you know, we've been doing mostly living. Uh, the, Nick Cronin has brought just a defensive identity uh, to this Bruin team. Uh, next man up mentality. Bona couldn't play. We saw Nwuba and ETN both have good games. We just only lost Arizona by two, even without – two of our starters and some questionable calls down the stretch. And even so, like, did you see that Amari Bailey dunk that got taken away? I saw that. And then then the push off at the end of the game. We're going to need some, we're going to need some guys to step up. Dylan Andrews is going to need to make some shots. Amari Bailey definitely going to need to make some shots. Um, I think, I think we're a much better team than these Mountain West Jamokes. Um, So move us on here. Uh, Gonzaga is going to be a tough one though. Yeah, uh, just a real quick. I'm picking UCLA in this this one. Um, I don't think Boise State will make nearly enough shots to to win this, but I will say that UCLA could actually, without Jalen Clark, be a really tough scout because you only have three games to look, go off of without him, and they're a different type of team when Clark's not on the floor. And don't get me wrong, like, I think Jalen Clark might have legitimately been UCLA's best player this year and, and certainly most important but with him off the floor I think Bailey can really showcase his athleticism and ability to get down the hill yeah I, I mean we've talked about the injuries but it's not like UCLA doesn't have like young players ready to step in mm-hmm, like, right that's what's so great about the tournament is like you get an injury late in the year like this could be a chance for like a star to really blossom because like there is talent that's sitting behind that hasn't had a chance to maybe take as many shots, have as high usage during the season. But like I, I got like Bailey, in my opinion, is someone I'm looking out for. Because like I, I think he could have a very make-or-break tournament. And I think how he plays will determine how far UCLA can go. In the three or four games we've, we've been without Clark, one game we saw Bailey go over 25, and one game we saw Tiger go over 25. There are guys ready to step in. Uh, Bailey was a was a what top five consensus recruit this year and has been a little underwhelming for sure. Uh and and I think he's he's boys then. 
Yeah, I think, Dylan, I think you and I talked about in the offseason how he wasn't a super great fit in UCLA's system. But now, without Clark, he he might be because they're a different team. Yep. Okay, let's let's get to the Elite Eight here in this region. Um, or the Sweet 16, we have Kansas against UConn. Um, let's start off. Is, is, anyone, is anyone comfortable with UConn here? I, this isn't a game I have in, in my bracket. I have UConn-Arkansas, and I am pretty comfortable with UConn against Ar- Arkansas, but not against, not against Kansas. Mm, interesting. Jack? I would agree. I mean, I think UConn, we, we've said it. I, I, think they're, I think they're really good. Ah, wow. Analytically, they're, they're, they're fourth right now. I mean, that's sixth offense, 15th yeah. rated defense. Uh, I mean, know, just based off a Ken Bomb, they would be favored here. It's yeah. going to be Wilson versus Sonogo. I mean, and, and Dan Hurley versus Bill Self. Um, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if UConn has has necessarily the depth of, of talent and scoring that that Kansas does, or necessarily the uh the regular season experience again because the Big East is, is is a tough schedule. Uh, but teams like Creighton and Providence aren't the same as playing Baylor and Texas and Iowa State and Kansas State. And... Yeah. No, I, I really like um, – I, I think UConn is a team that, like, can get out of this region, which is why I would have them picked in this matchup. Um, but, like, this specific matchup with Kansas, like, is tough because I do think that um, Bill Self could do enough to kind of take Sonogo – Kind of limit his effect on the game. Hawkins, same way. Like they, they have defenders who can guard him. Um, tough matchup for UConn, honestly. Like I, I would like them against Arkansas, um, or Illinois. Um, but to me, that yeah, Kansas, Kansas has to go through here. Okay, Gonzaga, UCLA. This one is is if this was a Sweet Sixteen matchup, I think this would be like the nightcap, like the the, the prime time game here. I don't know. Jack, what you got? Yeah, I'll take this opportunity to talk about an Mbona's growth as a defender over the course of this year. Really, I mean on both sides of the ball. Uh coming in as a freshman, he he clearly had a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of potential, but I think Mick just spending the year with Mick Cronin has just been so essential for, for his development. And and there really hasn't been a guy that he hasn't been able to guard over the last couple of weeks of the season. Uh, and when you're talking about Gonzaga, you're talking about Drew Timmy, and you're talking about his ability to score on the inside. And I think, I think Bona's going to make that really tough for him. Uh, besides that, you know, Gonzaga, it's it's Julian Strother, uh, it's it's some of these other guys. I, I'm going to take UCLA just because I think I think our defense is is better than than it has been in decades. Um, even I mean, with, without Clark, I like. I think Clark, in my opinion, was the best defender in the entire country this year. Uh, so, so missing him, missing, but but a lot of that it wasn't like he was like a lot of that is because of how many turnovers he creates, how he interrupts passing lanes, and a little less how he is going to always lock down your best player. Um, so, I think Bona will be able to defend defend Timmy and and shutting that down. Uh, ho- hopefully, uh, as long as our shooting's there, I think I think we can we can take care of business. 
Yeah, no, I, I, it's a tough one. Like, is Bono going to play? Because I know, like, there has been, like, injury stuff. I think you, by this I would game, imagine I by think... the second weekend he would. Right. Like, he's got to be, like, okay. Um, in that case, yeah, I, I do agree that, like, that would be a tough matchup for Timmy. But, like, we've seen time and time again, every time Gonzaga matches up against another big guy, it's always like, oh, they're going to they're be the guy who stops Timmy. And, I mean, Baylor's done it a few years ago in like, the championship. But, like, I mean, every other game, like, Timmy's been getting his. Like, he, Timmy gets his points kind of no matter who he goes up against. Yeah, like, I, I think it'll, it'll be about the other guys yeah. if they play UCLA, how, how they play. And with with the way Gonzaga's been playing kind of down the stre- stretch this year, I'm starting to – I started to definitely believe more in – the, the, their guards and the development of them over the course of this year. I think Hickman's playing better. I think Strother's playing playing better. Anton Watson's been, even Anton Anton Watson's been really good for them down the stretch here. So I, I'm going to take Gonzaga here. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take Gonzaga as well. Unfortunately, again, like the the, the Clark's injury is just so unfortunate. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think Jack kind of said it like if. I bet UCLA a couple weeks ago at plus 1,000 to win the national championship. And if they had Jalen Clark, I would feel very good about that. Yeah, and it's not just like you're losing his production, but it's just changing the like the way your team plays as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like if you lose a guy like that, you're not just losing kind of the extra he brings. But like you can very well have just, I don't know. It, it, what I'm trying to say is like, They've been really good defensively as a team, and like Clark's a huge part of that. And losing him, like you're just not sure how they're going to react to a situation where, like, if you play Gonzaga, like you have to be so deliberate with your transition defense, your half court defense. Um, and it's just tough to miss out on a guy like that. I think that when if UCLA does lose in this tournament, like we could look. We, we could look at it, and Dylan, I know you would know about this, but we can look at it kind of like when Michigan lost without Isaiah Livers to UCLA and just kind of sit here and think, like, man, they really could have used him today. Yeah. Those are definitely fair. The last things I'll say before we move on is that, it, I, you know, when I you, – you Dylan made a great point about how we kind of time and time again think this is going to be the guy who shuts down Timmy, and it is like – we're facing it's at about 19 year old in Abona versus what 23 year old Drew Timmy. Like, this guy is 25 like, at this point. <laughs> oh my, like, he's like a full ass adult. Like, you know, dude, like, is behind on his tax returns, whatever. Dalen Clark, I mean, you know, he's not, hasn't been a huge contributor in the offensive end. Like, the three pointer is not the place where, where UCLA excels. Uh, Singleton's been great off the bench. Uh, now, now he's been thrust into the starting role and, and we're, we're really going to miss him on defense but i get it it's gonna be a tough game it's hard to pick against mark Fields and Gonzaga. so yep elite eight matchup here we got bill self in kansas against mark Fields and gonzaga um what, what are you thinking i, I i'll start off i personally think gonzaga is a tough matchup for kansas especially this <laughs> year um i just think it's it's hard to go up against these Gonzaga teams. They just run the floor so much. And I think Kansas would want to make this a half court game. And if they can make this a half court game, I think they can win. But I, I don't know if Kansas is going to be able to make enough shots, tough shots to, to kind of keep pace with the Gonzaga. 
Yeah, that was kind of my thought process as well. Uh, I could see KJ Adams giving Drew Timmy some problems, but like you said, I I, I think Gonzaga could get out and transition here and, and really give Kansas some problems. My, my instant like kind of reaction when this region was revealed right away was Gonzaga gets to play TCU without a key player and UCLA without a key key player. So if you want to talk about just pure path, I, I think Gonzaga probably got the good end of the bargain here. Yeah. But it is a really tough region. I think I think we all mm-hmm. uh, I I think it's probably the toughest region. Uh I don't know. I mean I'd probably lean towards Kansas just for most of the reasons I've I've already explained. But I mean Gonzaga we we they've they've been a, a flagship program the last five, seven years. Uh and another final four run is Definitely not out of the question. Okay, let's move on to, let's see, let's just go to the East. Um, so I think this is going to be, in my opinion, the most interesting bracket after the round of 32. So Purdue against Memphis. Uh, we've talked about both these teams. Purdue's tough with Edie, um, and they got guard play out of Braden Smith. Um, they just have a lot of players who can hit shots. Uh, they defend you really have to spend a lot of your energy eliminating Edie, which is basically impossible with the way three second rules aren't called. So um, <laughs> kind of bending the rules there, but I, I think Memphis will have a solid chance. And like, I, I don't think this game will be a situation where Purdue comes out of the gates winning and just coasts to victory. Um, Memphis will be tough. Uh, I think Memphis can match up with Purdue's guards. Um, the question is like, are you going to allow Edie to drop twenty five points and like sixteen rebounds on you? So, so I think here, last year Memphis was up. What was it? Ten on Gonzaga at the half, mm-hmm. and few made some adjustments. Gonzaga was a high high powered offensive team. They got back into it and and ultimately won the game. Um, and Memphis just could not stop True Timmy. Um, the thing about Purdue is if they get down like that, I don't think they're going to be able to come back just because like, I think Memphis is going to be able to speed them up really easily. And the the one thing that obviously that does scare me is Painter, I think is a way better coach than Penny Hardaway, but I don't, the way Purdue has been playing down the stretch, like, like since the start of February, these teams have been pretty even. I think Memphis is 10th in, in Torbeck since February 1st and Purdue's 12th. So pr- pretty even teams. And I just think Purdue got a really bad draw and M- Memphis is playing better at the time and they're a good matchup here. So do you have, do you have Memphis here? I'll, yeah, I'm going with Memphis. Yeah, Jack, tiebreaker. Wow, two eight seeds over one seed, John. That's, uh, that's a bold one for sure. Um, <laughs> I like Purdue. I mean... You just can't really talk about it enough, like how far Zach Eady has come. Uh, this guy is the national player of the year. I mean, he's he, he's pretty unguardable. Uh, just some of the shots he he makes inside, the the rebounding presence that he is. Uh, it's uh, I mean, this is tough. Like next, it seems you know, it seems like next round they're gonna play Duke. 
And that's one of the only teams in the country, in my opinion, that has the defensive big guys that can actually cause trouble for Purdue. But uh, got to credit to Matt Painter and and Edie. This 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 has been a great year for them, uh, winning the Big Ten and and just just all that they've done. Um, so 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 I really applaud them for that. And I think you know, good good for Memphis uh, winning their conference and. But who who knows if they're even going to get by FAU? So yeah, we'll we'll move Purdue along to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, now this matchup five v four, we got Duke against Tennessee. Um, I really like Duke. I guess this is this is my part where where I talk about what I've seen for this team so far. And um, I mean the past month, they have been really really good. And what I want to highlight is their defense, um, which. I think it's the most impressive part about this team because yes, like they are young. Um, this is a team with a lot of freshmen, a lot of freshmen bigs, um, like Jeremy Roach, like as a sophomore. Um, I feel like we sometimes forget that he's still only a sophomore. But, he's, a, he's, a, he's a junior. Oh, he's a junior. Never mind. Yeah, his, his freshman year was the COVID year when Duke missed the tournament. Forgot about that. So I guess I did forget he was a I <laughs> did forget he was a sophomore because he was actually a junior. Um with that being said, though, like their defense has been incredible. Um, Kyle Filipowski is just a really tough mismatch for whoever he goes up against. Derek Lively is a great shot blocker, rim protector, and it's not clunky to watch them play both those bigs on the court at the same time, which to me is usually the problem when you want to play two seven-footers like that. Um, they move really well. They can pressure the ball. Uh, they have depth. They can always go to Ryan Young if one of them gets in foul trouble, which – I think is a great ability to have in a tournament. Uh, and they've, they've shortened the rotation up. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, they they were playing a lot more guys, which was great for development, but I don't think it resulted in the, in the best games for them. And, and now that they've tightened it up a little bit to like a seven or eight man rotation, they've looked like one of the best teams in college basketball. So. The other thing yeah. about the youth. Go for it, Jack. The other thing about the youth of the team that's important to point out is that it's John Shire's first year as a head coach. I mean, not only are they young with the players, but also also in terms of the coaching. Uh, we 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 mentioned that Tennessee is is having their struggles. Uh, not you know having having a big injury and and they're 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 all another quality team defensively. Uh, I wouldn't expect this team this game to be uh, a huge a huge shootout, but. Uh, Duke Duke's playing playing really well. They're playing really good defense. They they have the only one of the only teams with with multiple quality bigs that that I can think of besides you know maybe Arizona and, and I don't know. But Jeremy Roach has has been great. Um, and I think they I think they they beat Tennessee. Yeah, I mean this is to put it simply a team that got healthy and developed and got better as the season went along against a team that got hurt, got worse as the season went along. So I think this is Duke fairly easily in this one. Yep. Uh, Six-seeded Kentucky against three-seeded Kansas State. I think this could be a really interesting matchup. Um, Again, it's just – it's interesting to see – the difference between some of these really tough matchups for the higher seeds and then some, some matchups that you're like, wow, like this is a winnable round of 32 game. And I think both these teams are sitting there thinking this is a winnable round of 32 game. 
But I actually like Kentucky um, in this one. We've talked about Kansas State's struggles. I think Kentucky, just with the talent they have, Oscar Shibwe, um, is going to attack the glass. I think they're going to pose a little bit of a problem for Kansas State, both on the glass and just defensively in general. So I, I like Kentucky, um, but think this would be a pretty tough one to predict. One of the rules, uh, one of the many rules I guess I have um, for this tournament is to just be careful with teams that you, you think were are satisfied with like just their regular season performance. Like if they didn't do well in the tournament, they would still look back and say, hey, we had a really good season. We're okay with this. Um, Kansas State's one of those teams, frankly. And as much as I do like Jerome Tang, Kentucky kind of got a draw where – their talent can just overwhelm teams. So I'm, I'm going cats here. Yeah, I absolutely echo everything Jonathan just said. Uh, I think, I think Kansas state's had an awesome year. Uh, I think, I think it comes to an end against, against the blue blood. Okay. I'll move them along here. Last one in this region, Michigan state against Marquette. Um, I think this could be a very interesting game um just because i think tom Izzo, if he gets past usc like could definitely win this matchup and i've talked about michigan state's problems um again are you running into a dominant big man are you running into a team who's going to be um super hyper efficient inside the lane like not really and again i, I think michigan state like can just do enough to win and tyson walker aj hogard great Malik Hall, we'll see what he can do. Um, they have guys they can go to, like Hauser can make shots. I, I think they can win this matchup, and I know, Jack, you're going to love Marquette here. So I'd want to hear your opinion on this, but I've got Michigan State moving on. I mean, I took I took Michigan USC to beat Michigan State, so I'm definitely taking Marquette. Uh, I don't really need to rehash what I said about just the duo of, of Shaka Smart and and Tyler Kolak and, and and the kind of I I don't know I don't know if the term dominance of the Big East is, is necessarily in order just because it is it is a good conference with with some good teams with some well coached teams um but but I think I think you know again Izzo's got the experience um it's hard to count out Michigan State but I like North Carolina so I think that last year. Um, I actually thought Michigan State was going to beat Duke last year in that that two seven game. Um, they got really close. They were with them the entire way. Izzo coached a hell of a game, and Duke ended up just being too talented at the end of the day. I, I don't really see that with Marquette. I, I think that Izzo, while he's not what he was in maybe twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, he's still a good coach. So I'm going to go Michigan State here. And Michigan State also, they have good guard play. We we know that wins in March. So I'll, I'll go Michigan State. Okay, that means we move Michigan State along. And classic shock is smart. Um, out by the round of 32. Yeah, j- just generally before we move on to the Sweet 16, my, my kind of mindset's always been like whatever region Purdue was, was the one seed in was going to be pretty chaotic. Yeah. And not only did – was Purdue the was Purdue's region chaotic? Like 
you could argue they got the worst two seed, the worst three seed, and the worst four seed here. For oh, for sure. So I think the strength of the the regions with the ten seed USC and the nine seed FAU and the eight seed Memphis, like I think those are the teams that are underseeded. And yeah. Purdue, Marquette, Kansas State, you mentioned Tennessee, like are all very weak in my opinion. Um, compared to like the West we just went through, so yeah. this could be chaotic for sure. Um, Purdue against Duke. I think this would be a great matchup. Uh, would be really interested to see how Shire uses Ryan Young in this matchup. Because mm-hmm. you almost want to be smart about when you move out lively and put him in to follow, follow like follow Edie. Mm-hmm. No matter what, like I don't care how good of a post defender you are, like Edie eats up fouls. And the worst thing you want is to have Filipowski or Derek Lively getting in foul trouble early. Um, that's where if you're Duke, you're you're a little bit more worried about the matchup. And so I think Ryan Young is gonna be the X factor in this in this game. Um, because I do think he could he could pose a challenge um for Edie just in terms of eating up fouls. Uh and I, I just think Duke's guard play, I, I think Jeremy Roach is gonna eat up Braden Smith. Um Yeah, I, I think Duke could do a pretty good job of of just kind of running and jumping them uh right from the gate and I think that the, their ball pressure actually would make it tough to get the ball to Edie in good spots. I, I do think, like you said, that Ryan Young would probably be pretty tough to play in this game just because he's he's not a good defender. He's a, he's a very good offensive player, but, like, yeah, you, you would be putting him in to basically eat fouls and give Lively a break. Um, and, like, you can even put in Christian Reeves if you want, want to do that. Um, but, yeah, I do think Duke's – um, the better the better team here. Purdue actually drilled them in Portland earlier in the year, yeah. but we know we know that was well before Duke was at kind of their final form. Yeah, yeah, I think Duke's a, a pretty much a completely different team than, than what we saw in that game. Uh, I like them here too. I think I think this would be a good one. Um, yeah, not too much to add. I mean, I've already talked about both these teams, but uh, take Duke. Okay. Um, we're looking at Kentucky as a six seed going up against seven seed Michigan State in the Champions Classic 2.0. Uh, <laughs> Ironically, at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> no way. That's crazy. Cool. So, I mean, yeah. we all know how Michigan State performs in the Champions Classic every year. So um, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to take that into account, but. I hate to say it, but like, do they get to play with the logo at center court that says yeah. Champions Classic on it? Oh yeah, we have Duke already in the region too. This is the Champions Classic region. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Kansas, was the, Kansas could have been the one seed here too. Oh, for so sure. like this could have been, been the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, um, I mentioned before how Michigan State. I think they would beat USC because again they don't have to defend a dominant big in the post. I think they beat Marquette because they don't have to defend a dominant big in the post and now you're going up against, against Kentucky and guess what you have to do defend a dominant big in the post and guess what Michigan State has done all year not defended the the bigs in the post and they've also been out rebounded in a lot of games which is not Izzo at all um, they're usually one of the better rebounding teams in the country and they just haven't been able to do that as well as they normally do I think that's a real weakness Kentucky's making an elite eight um, that's that's absurd for me to think, but I don't think see Michigan State 
beating Kentucky in a matchup like this. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you here, Dylan. Um, I I thought the game that is a that Michigan State played against Kentucky earlier in the year in the Champions Classic was maybe the best coaching job in an individual game this season by Izzo. I mean, it was just he was running circles around Calipari that entire game. I kind of fail how they're going to see to do that again. Plus, Kentucky wasn't using Antonio Reeves like they, they are right now. Yeah. It's just a different team. I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if, if Kentucky or, or Marquette is not the team we see come out of uh, this section of the bracket. Um, I like Kentucky too. I, I don't think I don't think Michigan State can can deal with Shibway. Hey, in the, in the chaos region, this could be Montana State making out of this, like legitimately. Like you there look you at, what? There you go, Raekwon Battle, baby. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> we have the matchup of another Champions Classic um, <laughs> rerun, basically. Yeah, we have <laughs> Kentucky here. I mean, Duke is licking its chops at this matchup because not only do you have to play a Kentucky team that is not as strong as they usually are. But, I mean, you get to beat Calipari for a chance to go to the Final Four. I think Shibwe is going to have a tough time against Derek Lively and hit just his raw athleticism. Uh, I, th- I think Duke, and I'm not just saying this because of the matchups we've predicted, but like, I think Duke is the strongest team in this region right now anyways. Um, devoid of, of kind of the seedings and the matchups. And so I, I've had Duke out of this bracket um, or out of this region for a lot of my brackets. And I, I think that the way this worked out, what would yeah, I think if I think this region, you kind of just overall have to throw away the seed number um, from a lot of these teams. Like Duke is, I don't know if they're the most consistent team from this region overall. Like that probably goes to Marquette, but they're certainly the most talented, I think, on paper. This would be a, a tremendous game. It would shut down New York City if this was played in 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 the Garden in the Elite Eight. I'll take Duke here. I think they would be able to handle she wins inside. I think Kentucky would probably struggle to guard Filipowski. And, you know, the way Duke's guards are play, playing right now, I think Kentucky would, would potentially struggle with guarding them a little bit. Yeah, Duke Duke's running Kentucky out of the gym if, if Kentucky makes it that far. I don't know. I think with the year they've had, Kentucky's ecstatic to have finished the Elite Kentucky over the last couple of years have just they've kind of lost in the most like devastating ways in the yeah. in the tournament. Like in tw- last year, the St. Peter's game in 2019, they lose in overtime to to Auburn. Yeah. Um, in tw- in 2018, um. They got upset by Kansas State in a region that completely unfolded their way. Like, they should have been in the Final Four. Yeah. So, Jack, do you think if this is Marquette instead of Kentucky, do you think Duke still gets out of the region? I don't know. That's a tough one. That's that's probably where most of my brackets are going to end up is, is Duke and Marquette. Uh, I probably still like Duke just because of their, their physicality and, and their big men. Uh, I I think Marquette's guard play is very strong, probably even better than Duke. Uh, and but you know, again, I think I think Marquette, if their if their outcome is losing the Elite Eight, they're pretty happy about their season too. Yeah, I I think Cola could could probably handle the Duke ball pressure pretty well if those two teams met. Yeah, I I think the guards like it's a 
the, the Duke guard rotation in general would be a little bit of a challenge for, for um, like just as a matchup with Marquette. Like I think Duke can handle Kentucky a lot easier on that front. Um, let's move on to the South region where we got Alabama against Maryland. I mean, Alabama is going to run these guys. I'm very confident in this one versus eight C matchup. They played two years ago in the second round and Alabama ran them out of the gym. I mean, Alabama on a one day scout against a team that's not even remotely close to their level of talent is just a complete mismatch. Yeah. What Nate Oates has done this year and really the last three years, I mean, a lot of it this year is, 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 is Brennan Miller, obviously, uh, the best freshman in the country uh, has just been electric and just propelling this Alabama team to, to a whole lot of wins, including the conference championship. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, is there a, any scenario that Alabama does not just host in the sweet 16? Uh, Maryland's not that good. Well, like, they, no. they're legitimately not a good team. I mean, I, and neither is West Virginia. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. So we'll move along. San Diego State against Virginia. Um, this one will be maybe the opposite of a barn burner. Um, you're going to get a lot of defense being played here. Um, I'm. Ex- I would be excited for this matchup. Uh, I think San Diego State will come out on top. I just haven't seen enough out of Virginia for me to trust that they can not only like can, can they string together two offensive performances in a short span. Right. I also think that San Diego state's probably athletic enough to get through those fade screens and make it really tough for Virginia to get in the lane. Yeah. So I, I mean, we both say San Diego state for this and we'll, we'll kind of hear Jack out. Yeah. And plus like what Duke was doing where they um against Virginia, where they kind of trail, like they were trailing on the fade screens and like making Virginia play into Duke's size in the, the lane. San Diego State, State's got a guy, Nathan Mensa, who's a really good rim protector. So I, I think San Diego State could probably watch that game and develop a similar game plan. I would say the biggest question mark, uh, sort of echoing doing what you said, is Virginia's offense. Uh, I, I think I would take take the Cavaliers here just because I think their defense – is so smothering. Their style of play is uh, so unique. San Diego State's, they're good. They're athletic. They've had a good year. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a little more confident in Virginia's ability to score consistently uh, just because, you know, I don't know. Maybe some of this is just big program bias and big coach bias, but they're, 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 they're a top seed every year. Uh, they, they play really strong defense. It, it's a that's a pretty good, pretty good recipe for doing well in March. Yeah, no, I mean it'd definitely be an interesting game. Um, Creighton Baylor. This one, this one could be a lot of fun as well. Um, I still think Baylor is the better team. Like, again, I can't emphasize this enough, but like having three guards, you can confidently go to to play, make, defend, score, is. Like, there might not be another team in the tournament who has that. Match that with Scott Drew's just ability to prepare. Um, I mean, Baylor just always does super well in tournaments. Like, they're they're very well coached. I like Creighton. Um, 
And I think we, I, th- I think Jonathan will probably touch a lot about them because I have a feeling that Jonathan has Creighton moving on. But um, I have Baylor. Interested to hear it from from other sides though. So, so uh, yeah, I'll go next. Um, this is a quad I've thought a lot about. I think this Baylor, like a potential Baylor Creighton game in the second round, would be probably one of the most exciting, maybe fun fun games of the tournament. Definitely like a, a must watch, like main sc- screen if there's other games going on type of game the, the more i've thought about it like with the way baylor plays with their perimeter offense and how well they shoot threes they can kind of take ryan kalkbrenner's impact out of the game and yeah. like as much as i i love greg mcdermott i think he's a top 10 coach at the, in the in the sport i think he the way he prepares his x's and o's are fantastic but Scott Drew is ultimately the best coach in the region, or in the quad, I guess. I, I guess. So I'm going to take Baylor here. I like Baylor too. Uh, just the elite guard play is 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 the way you win tournament games. Uh, Baylor, Baylor, Baylor has it. Uh, they they the perimeter offense, the perimeter shooting, uh, the, the the perimeter defense too. Uh, you know, to some extent, is is it, it, strong, uh, and, and I think they'd be great. Nice. Well, I also, I also want to add real quick that I think people with Baylor may be overreacting to, um, to a couple games against an Iowa State team that actually matches up with them very well. Yeah. Also, this team had the third best strength of schedule in the entire country. Like another thing definitely to take into consideration. Yeah. Next, we got Utah State, the 10 seed. Going up against Arizona, um, very tough, tough matchup for Utah State. Like, Arizona is one of these teams that you don't want a one-day scout um, because not only do you have the athletic uh, kind of deficiency, um, but there's so many different ways Arizona can beat you. Um, they're going to defend always. They're going to rebound always. That's what you get. But on the offensive end of the floor, like they can shoot lights out one game. They could take you to the hoop. They could post you up. They could hunt mismatches, shoot the mid-range. Like, there's nothing they can't do. And so the Utah State, like, maybe they have a really nice shooting game against Missouri and they can get past them, but they're not going to defend Arizona. Yeah, I, I think Missouri, Um, if Missouri was playing here, it would be a little more interesting because Missouri could go with their small ball five with Noah Carter and Kobe Brown as your four and five and make it tougher for Tubalas and Balo to impact the game defensively and just like make it and like make them play out on the perimeter and make things hard. And Missouri, I think also could make Kreese uncomfortable because that's what happened last year. CAA tournament. They played TCU and Houston, two teams that pressured the ball extremely well. And both of them made Kirk Reza very uncomfortable. He wasn't very good in either game. Missouri could do that with how much they force turnovers. Utah State can't. So uh, I think Arizona would roll if those two teams met. Yeah. I think what Tommy Lloyd has done with this program in such a short time is just, like, so impressive. Coming coming from Gonzaga, just the, 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 the international recruiting he's done and, and the development of – of these big guys, uh, I think Baylor Arizona is going to be an incredibly fun one. One of the games I am really looking forward to. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, Alabama San Diego State in the Sweet Sixteen. 
man, Alabama has, and they should have an easy path because they're the number one overall seed. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they like none of these teams are going to give Alabama trouble. Yeah, th- this kind of reminds me of Gonzaga's path in 2021, where I just like didn't really think any of those teams could keep the game close against them. Like San Diego State, putting it simply, will not be able to score enough baskets to to keep this game close. I don't think San Diego State has the depth. Yeah, I mean, and, and, Alabama, and, and need depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even if they take like even if even when they go into their bench, like Burnett's six nine. Pringle six nine six ten like they're they're deep in their front front court they're deep in their back court so and like and I would like I honestly would argue that Brandon Miller's been the best player in the country over the last month he's been incredible Jack uh Bama number one overall seed you're expected to get an easy path uh but if you're playing freaking well Texas A and M Corpus Christi Maryland and San Diego State, and then you're in the Elite Eight. Like, Bama has probably played – I mean, they play better teams, like, in the their conference schedule, like, you know, the whole time. So, uh, they, they're – they're they're I, I don't know who's – I don't think any of those teams are keeping anything close. Yeah. Now for the for the game, we'd be looking forward to a lot. Baylor, Arizona. Um, I think this one could be really interesting. Like, I think – I'm leaning towards Baylor right now. Um, again, just just because like Scott Drew, um, and in time goes a great coach. I'm not trying to get take that away from him, but like Baylor's so talented, and I just don't think. Uh, first of all, like they definitely could have been a two seed. Um, but beyond that fact, like I think Baylor matches up really well. Uh, they have the guards to do it. They have the seniority to do it. They have coaching to do it. I think they pull out a big win here. With with teams teams with with really that play through their big men uh offensively are teams that Arizona really excels against because of how good they are defensively inside. Baylor is not one of those teams as we've said a lot of times now. They play through three really good guards and they shoot the ball really well. Uh, and I think that is not a matchup that uh, Arizona is excited to have at all. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you guys on this one. I, I, I just I think Baylor would walk into to Louisville and hit 15 threes in this game. Like I don't think Arizona would stand a chance guarding them on the perimeter. Like and like this could be a game that ends like 88. 83 or something like that, but Arizona won't make enough twos if Baylor's hitting the shots that they do. Yeah. We'll move them along. Now we talked about the path Alabama had up until this point, but I think Alabama does not want to see Baylor in the elite eight. Um, Just because like they Baylor's so good at taking your first option, your strength and just like eliminating it and saying, Hey, we'll eliminate your your best option, like let's say it's Brandon Miller, let's say that's running up the court, like transition offense, like they'll say, hey, okay, we're gonna get rid of this and we're gonna force you to beat it, beat us like a different way. And I think that's where Alabama, like they've been great all year, but like when they've had their losses, it's been teams that are really forcing them out of what they like to do, which is run and shoot a ton of threes. Yeah. 
Um, so from that standpoint, like Alabama's been amazing. Brandon Miller's been amazing. I think Baylor could win this matchup um, and take Alabama out of their comfort zone. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Bama here. Um I just like Baylor goes from playing a team that isn't really like that long on the perimeter and doesn't really take away your threes to playing a team that is super long and outside of Betty Yaka, who's one of the best post defenders in the country, Clowney can can guard on the perimeter, Miller can guard on the perimeter. They can bring in Burnett and he can guard out the, out there. I just think Bama is going to end up being too long if they if they play Baylor. This is a tough one because these are uh, clearly two really strong teams that do a lot of things well. I mean, it, it clearly is a question of how Baylor defensively will deal with Brandon Miller. Um I think I think I would take Baylor, um, just because I do think they match up well with Bama in terms of Bama really likes pushing the floor. They're another team that that shoots the three ball really well. Uh, but Baylor's a team that I think could could limit Brandon Miller's impact and definitely limit the the impact of of, of the of some of the other role players scores on Alabama. I like that. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we move, move Baylor along. Um, I mean, that would be a great game no matter what. So. Uh, if if I was filling out a bracket, I would probably take Bama just because you don't know who necessarily who's going to win the Baylor-Arizona game. So, like, it's kind of hard to pick either of them, you know, and it's pretty certain it seems like Bama's going to make the elite eight. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're picking based – we're making a perfect bracket here. So no, I know. <laughs> no, for sure. So we have we have Baylor out of the South. We, we have, have a perfect bracket with Drake and VCU playing each other in the round of 32. Yes, surely. Or yes, Drake sir. and Kent State. Okay, that's yes, I, I, I got that. Let's go right to the Midwest. And that being said, we got Houston, Iowa. Houston's gonna dominate defensively. Um, Houston would, if Houston played Iowa, they would win this game like <laughs> 75-55. Iowa <laughs> would stand no chance in this game. This is going to be a Fran McCaffrey double technical special. He's getting tossed. <laughs> Jack, thoughts? Yikes. That's all I'm going to say. If, if Iowa has to play defense against Houston and, and try and score on Houston's defense, oof. Yeah, that's not a good look. I feel very confident that Houston gets through to the Sweet 16 on this side. Um, we got Drake Kent State in this matchup with the dual upsets. My my initial opinions is is I like Drake in this matchup. Um, again, you have the guard play, the coaching. Uh, Kent State though can defend, and so like this should be an interesting one. Yeah, I'm. I don't know if they have anyone that can check Tucker. Um, just the, the size and shooting he he brings, and Drake's offense is very good. Like, like it, uh, it's not as good as their defense, but they do some good, a lot of good things. They they ball screen, dribble handoffs. It's just a lot of action to deal with, and I think they're ultimately more talented than Kent State as well. 
I mean, I'll take Kent State. Like, I'm riding with my squad. I, I mean, I, I kind of also think Miami beats Drake, so that's 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 a part of it. But, you know, outvoted. <laughs> Has to concede. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, Iowa State as a six-seed. He has three-seeded Xavier. Jack, want to start us off with this one? I like Iowa State. Um I talked about both these teams at length in, in the first round, so I won't rehash it too much. But Iowa State's playing really well. Xavier, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just when I've watched them, like they're good offensively, but I, we'll see. Yeah, I'll, I I'll, do. I'll, sorry, go ahead, Jonathan. I, I do kind of get that feeling that Jack is uh is saying with with Xavier. I honestly think this is probably the closest quad that we have this year to the Wisconsin LSU Iowa State Colgate quad from last year where just like every team in it like gave you like the echo almost like you didn't feel good about them um I have actually no idea who I'm picking to win this quad yet like I have not finalized that by any means in a Xavier Iowa State matchup though I think I would go with Xavier just because Iowa State cannot make shots and Xavier can um so yeah, that that's who I'll stick with. I mean, I hate to outvote Jack again, but I mean, I love Xavier. Like I'm riding with them all the way. Um, I think they can make a huge run. Again, surely you guys don't think they're going to be Texas. I mean, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, talking about Texas, Texas A&M against Texas. This would, first of all, like this this pod has the ability to create so many fun matchups. Like. I mean, have a rivalry game like this. That's gonna be awesome. I I think if it's uh if it ends up being Kansas Arkansas and then Texas Texas A and M, those are both in Des Moines. I, I think I would almost have to drive up for the second second round if it was those two. That would be a ton of fun. So um, it's it's about a three and a half four hour drive from here. So, Jonathan, who do we like here? All right, time to do some educating. Um, Texas A and M has flat out been the better team. And since January 1st, they had an awful non-conference schedule. And sure, there's always a little worry that they could go go back to that. But the, since January 1st, they've been one of the top five, maybe maybe t- top ten best teams in the country. Um, and then there's this other factor in this, this game that nobody's going to want to talk about because everyone's going to say how great of a year he had. And I'm not going to discredit it by, by any means, but... Buzz Williams versus Rodney Terry is a complete mismatch. Like, I don't want to take take away anything for Rodney Terry and winning the Big 12 tournament title, but Rodney Terry in- inherited a very talented team and played basically none of te- of Texas's non-conference schedule. So he played all teams that Texas already had scouts and game plans on because Chris Beard has coached in this league for five years. And so he knows what these teams do. He knows these coaches. He knows their offenses. Rodney Terry now is going to get out of the conference. He's going to have to scout on his own for the first time. He's not going to have this predetermined like scouter game plan on a team. And Buzz does a tremendous job of of scouting. I think they're always one of the most prepared teams in the country. So I'm taking Texas A&M here. Jack? Who'd you take, Dylan? Have you even gone yet? I haven't made a pick. I don't know. I'm a little conflicted because 
on one hand, I mean, this is going to be an awesome rivalry game. Uh, Texas A&M is playing really good basketball. Those were, were definitely valid points. Jonathan just brought up about the coaching. I'm going to take Texas. It's the safe pick for sure. They just won the best conference uh, in the country. Um, that Marcus Carr, senior guard, transfer from uh, Minnesota a couple of years ago. Um, Timmy Allen, another senior. Uh, this team's been been together uh, a while. They're 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 playing really well at the right time, um, and and they've pretty consistently this whole year, uh, both offensive and defensively, uh, been 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 very strong. Um, we'll see if, if John's predictions are right about maybe the, the coach's shortcomings a little bit. I think Texas A&M is definitely a very dangerous squad and wouldn't be shocked if – I mean, the spread on this game is probably not going to be more than two and a half. Um, but I like Texas. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Jack on this one. Um, I also really like Texas. And I think something to note, and, like, I do agree, like Jonathan brought up a lot of valid points about how they played in the last last few weeks. Um, but I feel like a lot of times when it comes to tournaments, you see teams who are coming super hot, um, versus a team that started the year, maybe as like a favorite, um, kind of coasted a little bit at certain points. And it's, I mean, that team that coast just can sometimes turn it on and off. And like, I think when Texas is on and I understand the coaching shortcomings, but when Texas is on, I think they beat Texas and up. And, like, are you really hoping that Texas A&M could go in and kind of match up defensively with Texas and just, and just be able to pull put on a full game with all the intensity that goes along with that? Like, I just think that Texas's talent is going to shine through, um, especially in this region where, like, you look at a lot of good teams, but, like, none of these teams are, like, super – talented that that texas is gonna have to worry about making up for that deficiency all right um houston over drake like that's no question right (laughs) yeah i think we're pretty good with that one this is by the way this houston draw that we have is starting to unfold like very much like the virginia draw did in 2019 like pretty pretty weak eight seed they got to play a 12 seed in the Sweet 16. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, but also at the same time, like, if Houston does have to match up with, like, an Indiana, like, I think they run them out of gym, too. Like, run them out yeah. of gym. Yeah, yeah. So. If they played Miami in the Sweet 16, they would out-rebound them, like, 45 to 20. Yeah. Um, let's then move on to the, the tougher matchup. Xavier, Texas. Um, Jonathan, you can start us off here. So, on the contrary of what I just said, I think if you gave Rodney Terry five days to scout a Sweet 16 team, he probably would be able to do it with the talent he had. Um, Xavier's got some injuries. I, I shouldn't say injuries. They have one injury in Fremantle. And I think if Timmy Allen was healthy for te- for Texas, which I think it sounds like he's going to be, they, that'd probably be a lot for Xavier to handle. So, I- I'll go Texas here. Jack. Agreed. To move through, I mean, I would pick Xavier um, for the reasons I've said before, but I'm I'm cool with this this elite eight of Houston, Texas. Uh, first of all, just just let's just look at, at these four teams here from the, from the last region as well. We had Alabama, Baylor, Houston, Texas. We we three Texas teams 
in the Elite Eight, which is pretty crazy. And then we and also the Final Four is in Texas. Yeah. In Houston. Wow. I might if UCLA makes it. I think I might go. We'll see. I'm gonna be in Austin like that weekend, so it's only like a two-hour drive. That'd be sick. Um, Houston versus Texas would be such a cool matchup. Um, mm-hmm. I think Houston's destined to to get out of this region. Honestly, I I would agree. I I think like my my number one main takeaway from this was like I saw Houston straw and it, it would just it was just too good not to pick them to win this region. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, I agree. Okay, we have our final four set. We have Baylor against Duke, and we have Houston against Gonzaga. We have two three seeds. We have Houston as the one seed, and Duke as a five seed. Definitely pretty interesting there, but let's start off with Baylor-Duke. Uh, this one would be a great game. Um, I think Baylor would win this uh, just because, like, I feel like it would be – for for a young team like Duke with that much talent, it'd be a great accomplishment to make this Final Four. I just like you're, you're hoping that they could just keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. And I think Baylor's gonna be super physical. They're going to make um, the guards of Duke really uncomfortable. So I, I think Baylor Baylor can can win this matchup. I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna zag here. I, I think if Baylor were to play Duke in the Final Four, I think at some point defense has to has to come into play. Um, like last year, Duke was like just unbelievably hot in, in that in that tournament. Could not miss for what? Well, I think four like four straight games, and they didn't miss much against UNC either. But I think at some point, defense would have to come into into play, and I, I so I'll, I'll go Duke here. Well, this is a tough one. Um, as a tiebreaker, you know, I think I think. We've talked a lot about how good Duke's defense is uh, inside. I think we got to think about what 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 is Baylor? How is Baylor playing if they're beating Arizona and Alabama and making it to the Final Four? They have got to be so hot from three point line, uh, and I think that is a place where they they could continue to capitalize off that. Uh, because of Duke's, you know, young guards and young coaching, uh, I think I, I'm going to take Baylor as well. Yeah, unfortunately for, <laughs> for the Duke guys, we're, we're moving along with, with Baylor here. On the other side, we got Houston Gonzaga. Um, you saw this a few years ago, um, but I think this might this might be a little bit different in the way the game's played. I think Houston could win this matchup. Um, you're playing it in Houston. Uh, I just think like Marcus Sasser is like if he's going to be on and he's going to go to the to the Final Four here, like this team's going to rally. Uh, they're going to be really well coached. Gonzaga is very very good, and obviously like they made it through Kansas, but like I just think Houston's going to be super energized for this matchup, and Gonzaga would have to go through like a really tough region to get to this point. I mean, you think about these teams pretty similar, both non-Power 6 teams that typically dominate their conference and, and have been consistently ranked in the top five for the last couple of years. Uh, 
And Houston has just unequivocally had a much better year than Gonzaga. Uh, if Gonzaga's making the Final Four uh, this year, that that's definitely a huge success for them. Uh, but I think Marcus Sasser is is the story of this game and of this Houston run. Uh, and if if we have them them making it out of uh, out of their region, beating beating Texas, some some experienced guards there, and and a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of athleticism, a lot of uh, size. Uh, I think they beat Gonzaga as well. Yeah, I'm 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 on Houston here too. I think their their physicality, their ability to rebound the basketball, and just also their guard play probably would overwhelm Gonzaga. Especially, I think you made a good point, Dylan. Gonzaga would have to go through a war to get to get to here. Yeah, I now, mean, if I, you beat UCLA and Kansas before this, like, oof. Mm-hmm. Let's go to our national championship. Yeah, Baylor, Houston, and Houston, Texas. This one would be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I'll let I'll let either one of you start start off with this one. I can go. Uh, Houston's been the best team in the country. All season, like anyone who tells you otherwise, just didn't look at the right things, didn't watch the right sport. Like I know they had the loss to to Temple, which was bad, but it's it's hard to get up for every game in conference play when you know you're that much better than ever everyone else. Um, as long as Sasser's healthy, which it seems like he's going going to be, Houston got got the good draw. They got they got the draw that I thought they needed to get, and I mean I'm gonna gonna go wire to wire. They were my number one team in the preseason, and they're gonna finish as the number one team. Yeah, I agree. I'll I'll go first here, but to me, Houston's like I mean again we talked a lot about like these teams. There's, There's sort of like a destiny to this. Um, Houston's like you've said it like they've they've been the best team. Uh, and I think that they can do it in ways that win games in March. Like they play the toughest defense. They rebound the ball. They don't turn it over. They can play fast. They can slow it down and grind it out. They can shoot the three ball. They have NBA prospects. They have freshmen. They have upperclassmen. They have coaching. Like if you're looking for a team that fits the mold of like national championships in the past, like, Houston's one of the only teams that really fits everything. I think they're just – I think they're very 2019 Virginia-esque. Yeah. Like – and, like, they probably – they're not as efficient as those teams, but I think they're more athletic than those teams. We've we've talked a lot about these hypothetical matchups, um, but if you go – if you if you look at the analytics, the number one team – in terms of offensive and defensive efficiency aggregated right now, is Houston. They're the most complete team. You've all been saying it. Uh, it it they they've taken care of business all year. Uh, they have plenty of good wins. They have a couple. The Temple one point loss. You know, whatever it happens. The Memphis loss without Marcus Sasser. And besides besides those games, they're thirty two and one, and their one loss is to Alabama. Um, they're they're currently the best team in the country. I don't think they're for sure going to win because it's March Madness. I mean, that's right. what they call it. Uh, but I, I'm pretty comfortable with them as our national champion. If, you, if Houston were to win this title, they would win it in their home city with 
they're like a Houston alum, Jim Nance calling his last final four ever. Yeah. Th- th- I mean, which would be unbelievably cool. I yeah. forgot about that. That this is in Houston too. That's nuts. Mm. I mean, they're, they're depth. I love it. By, uh, by the way, every, by the way, I'm, I swear every, every time, like every national championship score prediction for this tiebreaker is a four point game. Every time. Like I, my, my score is 74, 70. <laughs> it has to be like nobody thinks the national championship it's gonna be a blowout but like you want to make it by four because like you you, you want to be confident in your pick yeah yeah so for those who can't see the screen i show right now for the bracket i i predicted 72 68 in favor of houston and i actually have correctly predicted the score before and like it did matter in a bracket so <laughs> <laughs> definitely have to keep that in mind questionable i was not quite i mean it, it happened i mean so Okay, we have Houston as our champion. Um, just want to say thank you guys for coming on. This is always one of my favorite episodes. It's a ton of fun. Um, this was a long one. This is yeah. a marathon. So recommend, it's a marathon. I recommend that you maybe split this up uh, if you're trying to listen to this. Um, maybe I'm like, uh, we, we, we're going to upload it. Probably You'll probably hear it on Tuesday. And so you have, you have like three or four days before the tournament starts. Um, so digest it as you will. But We'll see how our bracket does. I mean, personally, I'll submit this in, in a lot of my bracket pools. So good luck with, with everyone in the tournament. Unfortunately, my Michigan Wolverines are not in it. So I'll have to, to live um, live through Penn State here. But <laughs> yeah, thanks. Go again. Bruins, baby. Yep, yep. Are you going to go Tigers anywhere or no? <laughs> uh, I'll go, go Blue Devils, go Tigers. <laughs> nice, nice. Love to hear it. A little thanks bit again. of both. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. Um, we'll get get more, uh, maybe some more NFL draft stuff coming out soon. Maybe another college basketball pod later in the year or later in the in the tournament. But thanks again, and uh, see y'all next time.